This is Movies on TV Podcast Industries, and we're here talking about Black Widow, starring Scarlett Johansson. Don't. Don't what? <laughs> You're going to give me some big hero speech. I can feel it. Speeches aren't really my thing. Oh. It was more like an invitation. To go to the Red Room and kill Drakov? Yeah. Even though the Red Room is impossible to find and Drakov is too slippery to kill? Yeah. That sounds like a shitload of work. Yep. Could be fun, though. Yep. Welcome back to the MCU, fellow defenders. We're here on TV Podcast Industries talking about Black Widow, the 24th MCU movie. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow defenders. I am one of your other hosts, John, and I'm not made of jets. Da, he not made of jets. I am Chris. No. Hello, I'm Chris. <laughs> Doing the purveyor of the worst accents on TV podcast industries, which will not change throughout this course of this podcast, uh-huh. because oh, there's some accents. There, there are, but, there are. I, you know, in, in fact, I don't think you would have even in your on your worst day. I don't think you would have done uh, as bad a job as uh, one of the actors, I'd say, in uh, in Black Widow and their Russian accent. <laughs> Oi, Penny and Herbs, mate! Don't know what you mean. Oh, I'm Russian. That's Russian, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> At this stage, any accent could be Russian. <laughs> it could, be, it could be. But excellent to return to the cinema uh, to see an MCU movie. Finally, uh, the release of Black Widow, which has been uh, talked about since the early days of uh, of the original Avengers movie. Uh, Scarlett Johansson was supposed to be getting her spin-off movie around yeah. then. Um, the movie itself uh, landing um, around the time of Civil War, uh, so 2016, roughly, uh, would have fit really well in there if we'd been able to come out of that cinema four or five months later, going in, uh, watching this movie, and then uh, continuing on with the rest of the MCU. I think it would have worked really, really well there. Unfortunately, uh, it took a little longer to get produced and get uh, get out there than, than was originally planned. Uh, and then, unfortunately, the new big C hit and uh, and took it out of the cinema for an additional uh, year longer than, than was expected. I think this is originally supposed to release either towards the end of 2019 or into 2020. And now it's been a year and a half. Uh, yeah. Delayed since its original release, uh, which has had some knock-on impacts uh, on its on where it lands and, and um, the connections that it was trying to make into the into the movie and TV shows. But we will go into full spoiler-filled detail and our discussions about how the movie worked overall. Uh, hopefully you've watched the movie. It is available on Disney Plus right now, so if you haven't uh, watched it, you can sit down in front of your TV and press a button and watch it there. And that's what I did. There you go. Uh, yes. My lovely other hosts were managed to get to the cinema. I did not. Uh, I could not. And I was like... This is perfect. Yeah. I have an amazing screen set up at home. Mm-hmm. I can just stream it at home. And this is one of the, for me, one of the biggest pluses of Disney Plus, which I wish they would keep up. But as of right <laughs> now, they're not. Um, which is like day and date. I'm mm. like, I, I will still go see plenty of other f- films in the cinema when I can. But for those times that I can't and I still want to enjoy it and not get spoiled too much on the internet. Yeah. This is an amazing option, which unfortunately does not looks like this is the end of it. But is it as amazing as going to the cinema and watching it in IMAX? 
it it's I can pause it when I need to go to the toilet. Well, that is true. That is true. Yeah. Uh, I could watch it in my underwear. Could you do that in the cinema? <laughs> um, definitely well, get thrown out for that. Yeah, that's true. Although, potentially, people would show up in their pajamas, uh, depending on where the cinema is located, of course. <laughs> but, um, we did used to live across the road from the cinema, and it was really tempting just to uh, just to go to the big television down the road when we had our pass to get in. That is true. That is true. Um, but I will say, yeah, absolutely loved the experience of IMAX. The sound, the, uh, the screen is just so, so encompassing and the great thing about cinema is you don't touch your phone because you turn your phone off um of course if you're any if you're any type of good cinema goer you turn your phone off so you do not touch your phone for the entire time so you're much more focused on the film i feel uh, which yeah. i think always adds to the experience of uh, of watching a movie for the first time um the one thing <laughs> i could have done without is the 20 minutes of welcome back to the cinema like we're here already we paid for our tickets put the movie on <laughs> yeah those adverts need to be on tv exactly. um, but it was like i mean it was i get the sentiment and it was actually really nice and it very COVID safe. Yep. I was double masked and radished uh, in preparation <laughs> for this. So it was like, you know, it, it was all really well done, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's actually more that the cinema has become very, very automated. I mean, there was no kiosks now. It was That's all it. sort of um, just panels to print off your tickets yep. or to, to buy them. Uh, there. Oh, so I mean, it, it's like really still have the band concession stand, of course, and yeah, um, yeah people helping get you your seats are still there. But yeah, but I mean, I think uh, the cinema we went to, it was lucky that it is, is refurbed during the um, its closure mm-hmm. and so on. So it's um, the IMAX cinema, totally updated, new seats and so on. And well, the last time we went in there, uh, towards the end of the the, the movie. We noticed there was a waterfall forming uh, coming from the roof, so they've managed to plug the hole in the roof Yay! as well. And um, so, yes, uh, it, that felt a little water world like uh, yeah. we we're about to go into some kind of uh, Kevin Costner dystopia. <laughs> and but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was two weeks before the original lockdown, so they've obviously it, it had was. opportunity to at least plug the hole, which is yeah. pretty good. Which and pretty good. update the entire cinema yeah. so it was yeah. really really good probably uh in desperate need if you've got a hole in the cinema it, i guess it's those yeah. things isn't it it's that cinemas are so dark you just don't notice the i guess the wear and tear really <laughs> yeah. yeah but absolutely great to be back in city world in dublin they're really good it's, it's a place we used to go really regularly so uh it's been a long time like the last movie we went to see we actually got to see one movie in, in between which was uh tennis uh, yep. see that in the cinema which is a great cinema experience but great to be back for an mcu movie um and we saw wonder woman as well not in cine world no but in uh another cinema uh the which was uh the, called the lighthouse and yeah. um, uh which was pretty good as well yeah it's nice to be in the cinema but yeah the comfort i guess there's pluses and and minuses um, of course for, for both isn't there really and <laughs> um, so it's interesting i am looking uh, forward to shang chi and the legend of the ten rings which mm-hmm. is september yeah. which is our next uh, MCU film, but that is still yeah, so right. far away. Should we discuss Black Widow? 
Yes, yes, absolutely. That should have given everybody time to go and watch the movie, right? Yeah, really. I guess we've so. Rabbed, we've for a while. <laughs> you should have worn it enough time now. <laughs> Excellent. Well, this movie was uh, directed by Kate Shortland, uh, an Australian director, first time working on a comic book project, um, usually works on uh, more indie movies. Um, I wanted to just bring in a little bit of feedback we got in from Heather Wallace, one of our Australian listeners uh, to Defenders TV podcast. She, she said, I'm so excited for this and so happy for Kate Shortland. She's from my hometown of Canberra. She's talked a lot about how an iconic independent cinema here, Electric Shadows, shaped her love of film. It was a huge part of my film development too. I saw Blade Runner there with my big sister when I was a kid. I haven't gone on to be an internationally recognised filmmaker, but it did give me a love of cinema. Excellent stuff. <laughs> Excellent, Heather. Thanks, Heather. I just thought it would be really nice to have someone from Canberra give their impression of uh, of Kate Shortland. It's interesting as well with the, you know, the, the indie uh, that... Cases mainly done indie film. Mm-hmm. Um, in this movie, in particular, just the young um, Natasha Romanov cycling down the street, mm-hmm. and and the the way the camera follows her, looking to the side and coming into the driveway. I always find that a very indie kind of feel of sort of bringing your audience into, um, you know, the small town or the neighborhood, whatever it is. I mean, even I also I know it's not necessarily indie, but certainly as well with E.T. as well um, with the whole Elliot uh, (laughs) and his bikes and his bike gang and and so on. But it's just I always feel that or even just that sweep through the neighborhood, whether it's following a car or a bike or, or so on. I always find that has a very uh, indie feel. I can uh, certainly see her voice in this. Yeah, yeah. I, I see a lot of uh, the directors who grew up on in the eighties. Mm-hmm. That, that that this is a go to. It's the why Stranger Things. It's nostalgia is a, a is a great piece of work, but uh, nostalgia from a director's point of view is also it influences a lot of their style yeah. and their decisions. And you can see that with a majority of the directors now who are around our age, who grew up in the 80s, 90s, who these were their formative years of cinema going. And yeah, of course, they've gone forward and backwards and watched other things, and of course. But these are the formative years. So you see this, a lot of the same, I'm going to say trends, but we'll call it style of cinematography and directorship. That it it is that kind of, it has that, they all have that, a uh, Goonies esque, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. type feeling uh, yeah. entrance where it is, as you said, it's that sweeping uh, neighborhood uh, entrance. It's like, come, it's Willy Wonka. It's come with me and you'll see. <laughs> da, 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 da. It's that kind of bringing you into the world, into the film, and that then it's like, oh, phew, and you're down and you're in the world at the end of the bike ride. Yeah, yeah. I would say probably for myself, I would say. um this is this feels unique in the MCU. Uh, this yes. this style in in a lot of the parts of it, and a lot of the film. I'll certainly uh, say it right now that it does feel absolutely MCU. Lots of action, lots of yeah. lots of fighting. But in the moments of the quiet moments, the uh, the camera work that's done, the uh, direction in certain scenes feels very like an indie movie, and doesn't feel like something we've seen uh, in in so many movies so far in the in the MCU. So uh, great to have that eye in there, and, and really hopeful for the future when we get a lot more directors who haven't worked in big budget programs. Uh, projects uh, coming up directing the upcoming movies. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see if their style comes through as much as Kate Shortens did. That's that's really uh, really intriguing for me. And I have to say, I really liked uh, young Natasha's uh, blue hair. Oh yes, uh, I kind of want to get that. To be honest, oh. not not maybe as much more highlights, but it was cool. 
John's going for blue rinse. You're not old enough, John. You're not old enough. Um, <laughs> definitely want to call out here uh, on the credits for the movie. Cool blue electric, please. Not yeah. blue rinse. <laughs> I am not about to go onto Coronation Street. <laughs> Just, yeah. I definitely want to call out here another big credit for the movie. Uh, Scarlett Johansson is executive producer on Black Widow. Um, just noticed recently, because I was checking this up, she is the first of the MCU actors to get an executive producer credit on uh, one of the movies. But Tom Hiddleston does have an executive producer credit on Loki, um, being that he's been in the MCU for such a long time, like Scarlett Johansson. Um, it seems like that's a very good way to attract those actors back to do a big or maybe final project for them. Uh, Scarlett Johansson has confirmed this is her final appearance as uh, as Natasha Romanoff. Until we see her in, in Hawkeye, maybe in the future, but, yep. uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, until she's brought back to life, yeah, no uh, one yep. ever dies. <laughs> um, never, not in the MCU. Um, the screenplay for this movie was written by Eric Pearson. We've talked about Eric Pearson quite a lot because he's, yes. he's written lots of the Marvel shorts before. Um, then he landed a job on Agent Carter and wrote uh, three or four episodes of Agent Carter. In fact, when we were covering Agent Carter, uh, he did get in contact with us and has listened to Defenders TV podcast and our coverage of, uh, of Agent Carter, which I always find uh, quite funny. <laughs> uh, he then went on to write uh, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, a lot of people seem to credit uh, Taika Waititi for writing that. Taika Waititi only directed Thor Ragnarok. Um, his real writing credit for MCU is going to be coming up in his apparently crazy third or fourth Thor movie that's coming up. Um, so Taika Waititi, not the writer of that. That was Eric Pearson. Uh, more recently, he's uh, he's written uh, Godzilla vs. Kong as well, which was a good fun uh, movie. It was. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's kaiju versus kaiju. What yeah, more exactly. do you want? Exactly. Yeah, but it's been done so badly, so badly in the past that uh, only the can make it okay. <laughs> yeah. Mutant animals are always good in, in movies. They are my yeah. sort of... Go-to. Go-to, Go-to yeah. uh, sort of genres. Uh, whether it's anaconda, it's uh, arachnophobia, mm-hmm. uh, you name it, piranha, um, or King Kong. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, because of uh, Eric Pearson's work on Agent Carter and all the other uh, movie shorts, he has also served as a script doctor on Ant-Man, Spider-Man Homecoming, Avengers Endgame, and Infinity War. So he would be brought in to kind of touch up the characters and make sure they fit in with uh, the universe he created within, or helped create within uh, Agent Carter and within that uh, Captain America world as well. So uh, lots and lots of stuff. Who else was in the writing party on here? We also had Ned Benson. It doesn't have a huge amount of credits to his name, but he is working on the story for this movie with Jack Schaefer, the more, yeah. more recently known as the WandaVision showrunner. Yep. Did a great job over there in WandaVision. So uh, her talents brought on board for Black Widow. Amazing. Amazing. There you go. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for Black Widow? Sure, comrade. Oh, no, this is going to be bad. Isn't it? No, yeah. I, I can assure everyone I will not be doing it in a Russian accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I won't be able to hold it for that long, and it will in, inevitably turn into Welsh or something else. I think that's what so, like the film. said in his, uh, <laughs> his interview for this job. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, John, do you want to give us a synopsis then? Sure. Natasha Romanov is on the run from General Ross after her decision to go against the Sokovia Accords by allowing Captain America and Bucky Barnes to escape T'Challa. Now in hiding in Norway, she is forced to confront the darker parts of her past when her estranged sister, Yelena Belova, sends her a case of vials taken from a former agent that can bring down the Black Widow program. Intent on reclaiming the vials, General Drakov, the mastermind behind the Black Widow program sends his latest creation, Taskmaster, to pursue Natasha. 
While Natasha believes Dracov to be dead from her assassination attempt back in Budapest as she defected to S.H.I.E.L.D., a dangerous web of espionage involving the Black Widow program ties Natasha back to her past. She must deal with both her history and broken relationships, from her family days back in the USA with her sister and parents Alexia and Melina, her training at the Red Room, and her defection from the Black Widows. Reunited with her family, they decide to work together, and using all of their abilities, they make their way to the Red Room to defeat Natasha's dangerous creator and free the Black Widows from his control. Several years later, Yelena is visiting the grave of Natasha after she sacrificed her life on Vormir, but her reflections are disturbed by the coughing of a one Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Val has learned that Hawkeye was responsible for the death of her sister and sends Yelena off to take revenge on the Avenger. In the upcoming Hawkeye, coming out later this yes. year on Disney+. Plus. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That took me a second. Right. Not going to lie, completely forgot Hawkeye was this year. And I was like, wait, what is this tying into? Wait, <laughs> huh? I don't, well, why Hawkeye? And literally, because we have had so little press uh-huh. about the Hawkeye series, yeah. I, it took me about, I'm not going to lie, it took me a good five minutes to go, wait, so where's, where? Like, how, like I, because usually the film, like, leads up to one of the other films. I was yes. like, how does that lead into Shang-Chi? Is Hawkeye and Shang-Chi? It is that Yelena moment. I mean, it's kind of like, oh yeah, I forgot there was a Hawkeye TV series even, <laughs> and then it was like, that it was coming out this year, and it's kind of like, it's like Yelena going, what type of bullets leave a mark like that in your plaster? Like, she's a trained mm. assassin. Surely she realises it's not a bullet. It's like an arrow. Yeah. And it's like, okay, need to kind of process this. Um, so, but yeah, I think that's a really nice tie-in, actually, because, I mean, the 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 end bit, but I guess mm-hmm. we'll come to that we later certainly on. will, yes. We'll Better not spoil ourselves. <laughs> no, yeah. not, not that we'll spoil, we'll just run out of, what, uh, of our format <laughs> if we keep talking about the things that we're going to talk about. Uh, we usually talk about our, our shows and movies in our top five points, top five moments. Um, I think a good way to start this would be uh, on... The transition, I suppose, from Captain America Civil War, which was the movie that directly precedes the events of this movie, into what's happening here. So our first point for this podcast is switching sides, because that's effectively what happens at the end of Civil War. Natasha finally rejects Team Iron Man to join Team Cap, making the right decision going against the Sokovia Accords, and it's had massive repercussions. um, In the podcast. (laughs) Yes, in the podcast, as I stare daggers at Derek. I I thought I was out uh, and they dragged me back in. Uh, We all knew Team Cap was the right decision, because that's what the MCU tells us. Um, (laughs) Much like Propaganda in, in 1930s Germany. Yes, I, I will keep saying it and keep editing the podcast to make it sound like you guys agree with me. Um, but effectively, I really like the, that they have grounded it in this this uh, the battle in the in the airport. Effectively, where Natasha um, turns on uh, Team Iron Man, Team Tony, um, stopping Black Panther from capturing uh, Steve and Bucky. Um, and I love how it turns into this. Uh, international incident, effectively, from General Ross, because you don't, you don't really realise it. You're kind of going, oh, Black Panther got punched in the face a few times. But General Ross says the reason he's after her is because, well, she fought against the king of Wakanda. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that's that's a kind of a different thing than just choosing a different side. She stopped the king of Wakanda from getting what he wanted. And so uh, I, I did like that little twist on it. I, I, I have to say, I enjoyed this. Although, speaking for some of the non- 
deep lore MCU fans or just people enjoying films, they they needed a they needed a title card or something to explain where this movie took place. Okay. Because I I had people turn around to me and go, So when where is this? Like I thought she was dead. Mm-hmm. Literally people have said I'm like, okay, well, do you remember Captain America Civil War? No. Okay. Do you remember <laughs> Endgame? Yes. Do you remember Infinity War? Yes. Okay. It's before that. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. but after Civil War. Which Civil War? Captain America Civil War. Oh, I never saw that. Like there's all the like I had to literally kinda of go, okay, well it's it taking place in this small bit of time in between these two films and they were like oh okay they didn't really explain that and I was like well actually yeah we knew it because straight away the repercussions of well okay well what what happened and how it starts Mm -hmm. understood but interesting to see that they didn't title card it like in or telegraph it even yeah 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 I mean I think and I guess it's I guess though in, in in general though this really does like fix it in that moment in time and it makes sense for the character you know it 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 she really is part of that espionage you know the the shield um the 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 whole winter soldier um civil war type of thing and mm-hmm. i think uh, i would more say that she goes against the sokovia records in that she is um in agreement with them but it's ultimately um, I, I guess she's somewhere in the middle. She's like saying, you know, I do support them, but um, let Captain America and Bucky do this thing um, and stops T'Challa. And of course he is. And I think that's why it, it's really important that, you know, for General Ross, his whole thing is that it's because he's a king. I mean, it would be like kind of her sort of backflipping uh you know queen elizabeth and um, then all of a sudden it would be kind of a bit of an incident that, that goes be, beyond and yeah. um, some squabbles within uh, the avengers yeah, you I, know I, but i, I certainly I, I thought this was really good but i think you're right chris you know it's, it's like we've said with the tv shows with wanda uh, and it's all you know all coming from feige himself it's the idea that they need to make it accessible and um, yeah to to people that maybe aren't as you say sort of rooted in the previous you know uh 12 14 mcu movies or the tv shows yeah. and, and so yeah. on and i think certainly they get the timing right and um, but certainly yeah if you've forgotten Cap- uh captain america civil war or winter soldier then you're thinking thought she was dead but i mean still well i I think it's still people can make the leap that it's a flashback i guess because it does start with the usa that's what i was going to say the the initial introduction to the movie is her as a child with her with her family we'll talk about that in a second and her great blue rinse um, and her great blue rinse (laughs) exactly but so that's your original intro and then you get brought further on in her timeline so i think you can make the leap that this is not after her death i think that's that's the that would be a bit of a shocking leap to make and i do think they carry it along well enough you're not expected to watch all 20 three movies that have uh, been in the MCU in order to understand this. In fact, if you haven't done it, and if you're a little bit confused by the movie, pop on over to uh, to 
the Marvel Legends uh, little shorts that are on yeah. uh, Disney Plus. There's an eight minute short of all of the uh, storyline of Natasha so far, and it's a really good tie-in to kind of clear up any any of those things you may may have forgotten uh, over the past. But this is her big moment of tr- of switching from one side to the other side, and and this is where she's on the outs, and as all of the Avengers are, it's where they all broke apart at the end of Civil War. Um, I love this scene because, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge spy movie fan, and this moment where she's in a bathroom um, getting herself prepared, and she's having a conversation on the phone, looking in a mirror with what we think is the army at the door waiting to come in, and then you realize she's actually on a ship uh, miles away, already getting away, and has uh, has completely escaped uh, yeah, she, with with no issue at all from from Ross. I think that's just so well done. It's, it's she's uh, in Norway at that point, and yeah. so yeah, that is I really like that. Um, that's a great little, I guess, trope in some respects. Yeah. That, but it, it's really, really good. It's, it's very Jason Bourne, yeah. um, as well. And uh, I, I like the conversation that she has with General Ross as well because mm. he's there with a cane, and he's not looking too great, yeah. uh, which is. She says herself, and, uh, you know, we hear it's another bypass operation that he's had, and I'm just, you know, is this setting Ross up for a transformation of his own? Because um, mm-hmm. in the comics, he, he also looks to try and improve his loss in life uh, by, um, it is gamma radiation, mm-hmm. isn't it, as well? Yeah. So, um, yes. you know, there's a sense that he's he is falling apart a bit, that he is, um, you know ill health uh, and so on and he, he's always been chasing after these these uh, what he considers monsters um uh, and and ghouls in a in a sense with the hulk uh, and so on so i i think that could be a really interesting uh, way to take general ross as yeah. well yeah, uh, moving forward and it's, it's certainly at least whether we see him much who knows uh, but he is kind of like that uh that reliable metronome, isn't he? He always clicks back, and he's all he shows up if 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 needed. It's really it's really good, actually, yeah. and it really helps the consistency. But you can see you can see them taking um, General Ross through that kind of transformation mm-hmm. uh, at some point, and maybe that will be in the TV show with She Hulk. And um, who knows? You know, maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. Overall, with Thaddeus Ross, I. I enjoy seeing him every time, but at this point, I'm like, I want to see more. He's only ever been a, I don't even want to say supporting character. He's been a, he's been a story character in that he is there as an antagonist to the story arc in most of these films. Uh, aside from, he was in Incredible Hulk, wasn't he? Oh, no, he was a central character in Incredible yes, Hulk. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he it, was... It's the interesting part about uh, William Hurt. He was in Incredible Hulk, a movie long forgotten, really, in the MCU, yeah. one that really didn't tie in much. They had they had some moments of it, but obviously Bruce Banner not being played by the same actor, they don't really flash back to it very often, but they have brought William Hurt along in these kind of little moments in in, in and out uh, throughout the movie. So good to see him back in here in Black Widow. And it, and it sets the period really well, I think. Yes. Yeah, if, you know, a bit like the A-team, if you need a government or military official that no one can trust <laughs> and no one likes, um, you know, call General Ross. Absolutely, absolutely. One of the other cool things about the, the spy trope of, uh, of spy movies that is taken in as well is Natasha, after arriving in Norway, contacting her connection, the agent um, who is uh, in, in 
comic books, this is a, a former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent who's now uh, set up a, a, a business uh, with other spies being able to sell them equipment and stuff like that. So, uh, and does have a relationship with uh, with Natasha, as you can probably see, they're laying the groundwork for that uh, in this movie here. But uh, I love this idea that she's just able to make a phone call and able to get a safe house and all the kind of gear and stuff that she needs. And I, I really like uh, Otifa Ballet uh, in this movie. Um, he's he's from uh, Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. Uh, that's where we know him from. Uh, but I really like his relationship with Natasha here, where it's kind of, you know, give me three days notice, I can come up with something amazing for you. Give me an hour's notice, I can come up with something for you. Yeah, he's kind of like the... He's- He's like the Q, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it is really, I did like his, um, little phrase, I'm not made of jets when he, he provides <laughs> sort of the clapped out former sort of Russian, uh, helicopter. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it's really, he, he was, he was a nice little touch point. Um, but dare I say it, maybe, um, you know, true love being set up, but will never fa- realize itself, uh, because, I mean, she does have a thing for Banner, and mm-hmm. ultimately she is dead. So I guess um, we will never know where yeah. their, their flirtations may have taken. It's three or four years between now and then, I think. <laughs> or maybe a couple of months. I don't know. I don't know exactly how many uh, how long it is between uh, that time. But well, it depends on who, if he's, he was snapped. If he didn't get snapped, yes, there's a five-year period. Yeah, there, so, yeah, yeah that's true, actually. Uh, the other part of our first point of switching sides is our our introduction to Yelena. And we haven't seen uh, Yelena Belova in any of the movies in the past. So um, this first introduction of Florence Pugh as the character uh, on a mission um, with another Black Widow effectively taking down one of their own uh, who's stolen these vials. Um, again, another uh, undercover covert mission. Um, bit of a surprise how this goes down, where the, I think the fight was really good, actually, I must say, yeah. where, um, where they have the fight in the street and she takes out uh, her her colleague, effectively, not knowing that it's her colleague, stabs her, and then gets sprayed in the face with this vial, which is the central story of this of this movie, and gets freed from her her mind control effectively. Um, I really I really like this scene, but a real surprise that this is how it goes down. I just I thought this was just a mission to take in someone. Um, yeah. They were working for potentially the Russian government. They were she was the Black Widow of the Ru- of Russia, basically. She was, but not this type of murderous contractor, effectively that she is. So I I enjoyed this this sets up Yelena as a separate style widow. Mm-hmm. Um and obviously there's jokes ahead from the in regards to the posing aspects uh-huh. of her sister, um which I absolutely loved. Yeah. Um but it it you get her ferociousness, you get her tenacity, you get some of her um you get some of her kind of personality come through in this uh, this opening scene. And you get a very quick story, and it's not until later that we get the the, the full context of it. But I I thought it was enough that it it piques a lot of people's interest very quickly. You're like, ooh, ooh, what does this mean now? And you kind of like, just also the 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 sniper like seeing how of an elite you. Yeah, they are so elite, Chris. That they bring a mattress to to fire their sniper gun. I was expecting kind of mojitos, maybe caprinas yeah. by the side, given that you know it was a nice warm climate there in Morocco. Um, you know, I was just thinking, wow, they're really looking after themselves here with this comfort level that they're doing as they sort of sniper their way through whatever they were going to do. <laughs> this yeah. is not their first day on the job. No, it really no, isn't. It's true. But um, it's also, I just want to see, I wish to see the, the, the 10 minutes bef- 
preceding that where they're lugging <laughs> exactly. a mattress down the road. Oh, we're on a mission. Must be covert. Mattress, mattress, mattress. It's, it's like if they're in the, I don't know, if they're in um, the Caribbean somewhere, it would be, they would be in a hammock and they would just pack, kind of use their big toe to fire off the sniper gun <laughs> to kill someone about, you know, two miles off on a ship or yacht or something on the, you know, the That's Azure Sea. Film. Kind of That's wanted. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) it's just like it was. I really liked that, um, for sure. Uh, I loved, um, I loved this introduction though. Um, and uh, I mean, there is a lot of pew 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 in in this movie, and both um, Florence Pew, but also uh, sort of gun action. And uh, (laughs) did you like that? No, Um, okay, (laughs) grand. Um, But I, I, I I, I approve, I approve this message. (laughs) But I, I love this, and I mean, we'll get into her character more, but this is just you know, very much. Then she's a black widow here. Um, and the, the, the switching of sides actually completely out of her control. It, it's the, the former agent, the former black widow who is effectively trying to defend herself. You know, there's a good little fight there in the alleyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you see some of her skills sort of ziplining down, not zipline, but, uh, abseiling down yep. the side zip of the, line. um, <laughs> down the, uh, down the building. Yep. But, um, I, I thought this was um, really, really good. Yeah, I really and liked I, how that, f- that was filmed, the, shot, the, the perspective shot where you have uh, the escaping agent getting hit by the door that's opening by by, <laughs> by Yelena uh, when it opens in her face and she gets knocked down by a car. I just thought the, the actual shot itself was really dynamic, really felt born, like uh, a really cool moment. Yeah. But, but again, she's now completely turned on the agency and the history that she's known, her entire history is now uh, gone. Because she has this uh, red dust blown on her face, she's uh, she's free of the control that she's had, and this kind of leads us on to our second point. Because she gets these vials and sends them on to the safe house in Budapest, but the agent brings those to Natasha in her new uh, in her new safe house. So Natasha is suddenly being targeted for having these vials uh, over in Norway. Um, a truly country traveling movie. This uh, lots of lots of different locations, very Bond, uh, as is always the case with the, with these types of movies. Uh, that touch point of going to different um, loads of different countries around the world it's really cool yeah and very similar to falcon and the winter soldier as yeah. well you know it really puts it in that genre exactly um and i think uh it, it it's it's really good i mean i i think um i really like as well here because when yelena is turned effectively with the release of this antidote then we do get this sort of uh, look at uh, Drakov's you know and other black widow saying we need to uh, employ the the Taskmaster Protocol. Yeah. So here's our first look then at Taskmaster, yes. uh, who is um, sent with the primary objective to go after the vials, but not knowing that Natasha Romanov is there as well. So our second point is on the run from Taskmaster. So this is our uh, comic book villain um, for the movie, I guess. Uh, Drakov, we probably wouldn't call him the comic book villain because I don't really know him from the comic books. If he if he does exist, it's Taskmaster is the one that we know from the comic books. Um, a lot of talk about this, uh, and we'll probably get into it more in our feedback. Uh, I know Taskmaster. He's been video games. He's been uh, in Captain America comic, comic books quite a lot, but I have no real connection to him. I've always kind of seen him as uh, when they need a villain to mirror your main character's style to make it a bit more of a, a difficult combat than they put in Taskmaster, but I know he has his own comic book series run, which I never read. So, uh, so I know some people who are fans of the character, as always, there's quite a lot of changes, uh, to, to the character for the MCU. So a lot of people who are fans of the character, not particularly happy with 
having him quite significantly changed for the movie. Whoa, 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 whoa. Derek, are you telling me somewhere on the internet someone <laughs> is unhappy and giving out about a change? Yes. Tell me I'm wrong. Really? It'd be interesting uh, to know what the change is and, um, you know, no, what the, what the general feeling of unhappiness uh, around which change, I mean... It, it is the change in gender, it is the change in origin, it is the change in overall um, ability... To be fair, they they have changed the character, but Derek is right, in my opinion, and I'm very much, we'll get into it more in, in our feedback section and stuff. Let's talk about this opening, right? So this introduction to Taskmaster. This introduction to Taskmaster is cool. Yeah, it really is. Like, on the is, bridge. That right. bridge scene yeah. was just like, we see, okay, Loved so it. Widow, where first of all, runs out, her generator runs out of fuel. So first of all, it's like the agent kind of messed up there come on just like one extra bit of fuel after six hours come on yeah you're supposed to be anyway he's he does say it's not going to be the greatest after with only a few hours notice but, yeah, but anyway. all the time he's been sleeping in the, in her bed petrol and brought it back like you know yeah but we get to this bridge scene and this bridge scene i was like i, I was it. really impressed yeah. by because it is that comic book fil- uh, scene it is that your hero is injured your hero has to fight the the unrelenting uh villain it's that setup where it's kind of like they it's dark it's gritty it's i enjoyed this like we see we see him flip the shield we see all of his abilities within a short period of time well let me just absolutely give compliments to uh imax and the sound design for this scene when she's just driving down country road going off to get her her gas or get her petrol for yep. uh, and all we see is a rocket launcher come out of nowhere and blow the car yep. down the road it is it was totally shocking <laughs> it really that was, was one of those moments which yeah. you just don't get to experience and and uh, correctly outside of cinema i, I guess it, it, uh, yeah it, it i feels like a, just a complete shock i was yeah. literally hanging off the renovated ceiling in the <laughs> um, so i'm glad they did it up to be honest just uh-huh. so it had the integrity to hold me but um yeah it was a complete shock Really, really good. Yeah, yeah. And like the thing, you, you, when you are introducing one of the main antagonists, uh-huh. say, so the, the Terminator esque character. Yeah. This, this scene where you, you basically, they are level setting to a degree of how much Natasha, how to be fair, how below Natasha is to Taskmaster. Right. And by below, I mean they can mirror multiple. Um, characters, and we, we kind of see, first you see the shield, then you see the sword of Ronan, uh, then you see, uh, the, the flips of Black Widow, um, yeah. and the posing. Yes, the posing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, so I, I enjoy this scene, and I think it, it was a, even just the ending was fun because you do see, again, what, Natasha is good for which is the 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 she is still a spy so she yeah. she goes in she confuses them and then get, escapes by them essentially kicking her yeah. <laughs> Spartan kicking her off the bridge I mean the fighting was excellent I mean Taskmaster is almost like the Mandalorian I guess I mean in terms of like all these weapons um, I love the mirroring that they did yeah. on the bridge really cool you know really just signifying the mimic 
yeah. that Taskmaster is. Yeah. Um, having the, the display showing where they're taking the body points as well. Really good introduction. Yeah. Um, the and the fighting. And you're right, Chris, that does feel very Terminator. That, yeah. That's exactly what you'd see from the, from the T-800 back definitely, in, the, yes, in the 80s definitely. and 90s movies where um, he's just picking the points yeah. that he needs to go after. And but in this shape, in this case, I love that it's kind of building a model of uh, of the the bones of the person, so you see the dots coming up on screen for each muscle of their opponent as they're building this picture of how their yeah. fighting style would go. I think it's it's a really good use if you're introducing the characters to someone who doesn't know who Taskmaster is, as a lot of people don't. I think they've done a really good job here. Yeah, and yeah. And, and the the, the fighting, I, the the moment where Natasha fires her sort of hook at him and to the bridge and pulls him back as he's going mm-hmm. after the vials. Uh, but the way then the sword comes out from Taskmaster and, you know, before they're strung up upside down, mm-hmm. Taskmaster has cut the, the, the wire. Yeah. Um, and so on. I really like that. I think the only thing I was kind of a little, I, and I, I guess it's just, mo- it's just movies in general. It's, I, the thing I didn't understand was, so is Taskmaster not waterproof that they can't go after Natasha? Um, because, you know, they do see that the vials have been taken. Uh-huh. Natasha is ultimately, um, uh, pushed, you know, knocked, blown off the, the side of the bridge and into, um, the fjord there in Norway. But it, I was, I just didn't understand why Taskmaster, with this primary objective that we saw previously, then just stood and looked at the, the river and, and didn't go in. And I just thought, did they just forget to make all the electronics waterproof? Maybe that's it, yeah. yeah like <laughs> Probably. We, we do see a disc being put in uh, in and out of Taskmaster's neck. So uh, so potentially, yeah, that's not a waterproof target. <laughs> I must um, keep my head... She's basically the dog. She has to keep her head above water at all times. Yeah. <laughs> that's it, that's it. It basically has sort of made Taskmaster sort of like the Wicked Witch of the West yeah. in, in no, the Wizard no, of Oz. No, yeah, exactly. And I was just like, I thought that was just like odd. I think... Another bit of a chase would have just finished that off for me. Could have been that Taskmaster was sort of just mown down by the ferry crossing uh, or something something. like that, that Natasha really had time to to get out. But I just didn't understand why um, Taskmaster didn't pursue Natasha there. But anyway... The fighting and the bridge scene was mm-hmm. absolutely awesome. But, am- but amazing if that's the flaw that it didn't come back later on in the movie where, you know, throws a, a glass of water in, uh, in Taskmaster's face to shut them down um, or something, something like that. But yes, this does lead to Natasha going back to her, her former safe house in Budapest. Now, as MC fans, um, Budapest is a city that's been mentioned a lot in the cinematic universe. Oh, this yes. was this was how we knew that Natasha and Hawkeye had this relationship when they were first introduced in the Avengers. We knew that something big had gone down in Budapest. And we get the story here. I, I thought it was I, I guess you can't bring everybody back for uh for this movie, but I thought because we'd heard about it so much of this story of Budapest and how important it was to her history that we knew that Hawkeye was there with Black Widow at the time. I kind of was expecting a little moment with Jeremy Renner in that flashback where we see what the mission was. We get to learn that originally the reason why she was in Budapest was she was there to kill Dracov. She ended off killing his daughter, or so she thought, in order to take him out. And that was the moment she moved over to S.H.I.E.L.D. But I just expected in these scenes where we hear, where we see the flashback, why she was in Budapest originally and why she thinks of it as kind of a second home for herself is because she lived there for so long um, undercover with uh, Hawkeye, I kind of expected to see him there. I thoroughly agree. 
this was a bit of an anticlimax for me uh, in terms of Budapest. Yeah. Um, because it had, they had built this up. And what we got was a scene, flashback scene with her in a car. Yeah. We got narrative bits from Natasha, like kind of going, Oh, we spent two days in this crawl space yeah. alone. And like, or we spent three weeks in the safe house by ourselves. I was expecting a bit more. And it was literally the, the joke from Elena of like, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of well, what gun does this? And you're like, Oh, Hawkeye was there with her. Okay. Cool. I was just, I, I was expecting a bit more. Now we do know the story. I'd still like to see, unless they're doing like, can you imagine they do a short? We will never I, see it on screen now. I think I think the original thought, thought was back uh, just after the Avengers that we would see H- Hawkeye and uh, Natasha yeah. together. There would be either a short or there would be a full movie about the situation in, in Budapest. But this going to Budapest does allow Yelena and uh, and Black Widow to meet up uh, and have, well, the very traditional two heroes in the Marvel Universe meet up, of course they fight first, right? Even though these two characters know each other and they're supposed to have been sisters in the past, there is this distrust between the two of them. Clearly, Yelena working still for the Black Widows um, and uh, Natasha working on the side of the Avengers, of course, is going to be distrust. But I did like that it ended off in a fight because it's so traditional in Marvel to have a a big punch-up the first time you meet a possibly heroic character in the universe. Yeah, I I love their meet-up. I thought it was really good. I I was a little, why are they fighting, given that they were sisters? Um, I know there's a distrust there. Natasha doesn't know whether Yelena is... um, well, I guess she still thinks she is a Black Widow, so really can't trust her. Yeah. Um, and, and, and likewise, so I, I, I think ultimately I kind of came to accept that. But initially, I was like, "Why are they fighting?" Just because you see the family environment, um, at the start of the movie back in the USA, and you've not really had any information to say what you know th- this kind of estrangement that happened i guess other than that they went into the black widow program but because they both went into it i thought whilst it was still horrendous it was like yeah it's like black widow camp together you know Mm. two sisters but obviously it's not like that um (laughs) at all and i think like yourselves i think having the budapest flashbacks with clint barton in there i just think rather than the references to you know what gun makes those marks and we spent time here i think I think needed to be in this movie. I don't see where it's going to be anywhere else, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and given it's been referenced so, so many times, uh, it, it, it felt, um, it felt like either they could have put it into flashback or, um, I think in this movie, it's referenced that Clint is already captured, um, yes. uh, by yeah. Ross and so on. So he can't be there to help her out, you know, in, in kind of that. Uh, with Yelena and then go course, on their so, separate ways. Yeah. But I was thinking they could have potentially have done that if they weren't sort of suggesting that um, that he was already captured. But it would have been nice to see him. I definitely think that. Um, well, I'd just like to have seen Jeremy Renner in the flashbacks. I wouldn't have expected him to be in Budapest. Yeah. But I do yeah. love the gag of her uh, of her pronouncing Budapest correctly and yes. everybody else correcting her yeah. <laughs> constantly. Budapest? Budapest. Yeah. Um, which I think is really good fun. And the street, the the... Uh, ride through the streets of Budapest, the action sequence that we have there on the motorbikes and the cars is so good. It's, re- again, 
we keep referencing Bourne. Uh, I really like how how uh, visceral the driving sequences are. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why she crashes the car that they take uh, when Natasha gets in uh, and they steal a car and she reverses it into the car behind them before getting out of a parking space, basically. <laughs> I don't know why yeah. she does that. But other than that, uh, really good, exciting scene uh, through Budapest. I'm wondering, uh, given that Moon Knight is filming over in Budapest at the moment, I wonder uh, whether we're going to see those streets again <laughs> uh, in in Moon Knight, the TV series. Yeah, I guess so. I, I did think it was a little, you know, the car, uh, that was this one CGI moment where, where the car, you know, felt like it was on a wire so that it could go down the stairs into the subway. Uh, I thought that oh, yeah. was like, oh, okay, you know, um, could it just not have crashed up top and they run down? Um, but it, I loved, um, I loved the little things in this. I mean, like as well, cause you've got the big action sequence, but you know, this is where you really get the sense of Florence Pugh as Yelena have being that little sister, having her digs at her, her bigger sister, which mm-hmm. I thought was yeah. really nice. Um, I thought that was really good. And the, there's that little touch from Natasha because, um, Yelena is injured in that crash. And she's trying to just stop the bleeding. And Natasha says, no, don't. Um, so that they can do the blood trail for Taskmaster to follow, but ultimately, um, you know, manage to escape from him by going into the crawl space there. I thought that was a nice little touch. It yeah. felt really, um, sort of just borny as well and, and yeah, very right. espionage. And I really yeah. like that. And I think that's what was really nice about these sequences. It's also, the moment in, in this sequence where Natasha realizes, um, the extent of the mind control because the Black Widows do come for them at the apartment. Yeah. And, uh, whilst they're being chased across the rooftops of, in Budapest, uh, one of the, uh, one of the Black Widows, who I think was in Morocco with Yelena. She was. Yeah. And she, she falls and is injured and is, ultimately told to kill herself by mm-hmm. um a a remote Drakov. Um so that was you know the, some in, some important story bits here in, in Budapest as well. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love Budapest. I this it made me go, I wanna go. It's fabulous. I, it looked fabulous in yeah, this and I was like city. ooh I, I I literally turned to the missus and went, Well we can travel again. Yeah. Let's 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 go. So I right. now I'm like it looks very Florentine. It looks Venice, mm-hmm. but not. It's more like Venice. Yeah. yeah. John and I were there for the Formula One uh, a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. Really, really good city. Well worth visiting. Yeah. Um, very cool. Yeah. Like um, the, the the fact that it's an MCU location made it even better now. Um, really enjoyed. Really enjoyed this overall sequence. Um, mm-hmm. So the 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 rooftop run. Um, again, very. We keep kind of mentioning Bourne, but that's essentially, essentially what it is. In mm-hmm. even with, but overall, this the, like the rooftop run. We we mentioned Bourne, but even harkens back to Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. It harkens back to that kind of noir espionage run film, James Bond. Like it's just that action set piece. Yeah. Like it's it, it's visceral. It's fun. Yeah. Like, but then also showing that widow broken on the ground mm-hmm. yeah like that's a, a side of the mcu we have yet to see really the 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 damage that some people can take again because aside from taskmaster most of the aside and the red guardian no one here is powered yeah. these are all just in 
I would, we'll call them enhanced individuals. We're not sure, like, what some of the Red Room... Highly trained. Uh, highly trained. Highly yeah. trained. Like, yeah. the best of the human can give. There are definitely moments in this movie that I wonder how much uh, how much superpowers Natasha has, because there's a lot of falls that she makes that she should not make. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she just yeah. takes a lot of ibuprofen, apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... The, like, I know, it, you can't have her just falling off a roof and dying, but, uh, but even in this scene in, in Budapest, there's a moment where... I thought she'd broken her leg. Yeah, she uh, hits the vents all the way down. It, right. it is literally every uh, vent she hits. And she just kind of walks on. Yeah, yeah. runs on, actually, after that. Um, yeah, but uh, just to mention, uh, obviously, you, you did say that there is a, a, a touch of Bond in here. We, we should really mention that she is watching the worst Bond movie uh, and knows every single line of it. She's watching Moonraker yeah, earlier yeah. on in the movie, the, uh, the <laughs> awful Roger Moore Bond movie. Um, which is basically the one where it jumped the shark and went to space. Um, so uh, I just just uh, just to reference that. So there there is a a touch of Bond in here as well. Uh, but this all leads to another one of the great, uh, I think, indie setting moments of the scene where we have uh, Natasha taking care of her sister Yelena, her former sister Yelena, as they're sitting at this bench looking around them at other f- types of families and kind of referencing the fact that neither of them had a family except the one they had together in the USA the, at the three years that they spent together ensconced uh, in, in the USA yeah. as uh, undercover agents. Um, I love the discussion. I love the conversation. I love how it's filmed. I think it's really good, a good idea. You know, um, Natasha is referencing the fact that she's kind of lost the only other family that she knew, which is the Avengers. Um, and y- Yelena's expressing the fact that that is the only real family situation she's been in because Ever since then, she's either been in training, fearing for her life, or under mind control. Yeah. So, um, uh, I, I thought it, I thought it was a really good moment to just sit yeah. the characters down, have them talk to each other, and and explain the whole, uh, their whole background and their whole ideals. That's it. It really adds, doesn't it? Because I mean, you also get that lovely little moments. You, you know, you reference about the ibuprofen, mm. uh, where they're in the shop as well, just before that. Um, but you get the skit as well as like, why do you need to sort of land like that and uh-huh. do your hair flick, um, from, uh, Yelena to Natasha? I love that. I yeah. just, um, but it, it, you know, it goes from that sort of, sort of fun skit to, to Yelena also just saying, look, you're the trained assassin that people look up to uh, that is on the front of a magazine. Um, yeah. you, you, you can't. You can't divorce yourself from what you are, even yeah. though you think you're the good guy. You're still a highly trained assassin who will um, kill. And I mean, interestingly enough, after all the the sit down, you know, they're looking over at a guy with his own kids, you know, just referencing the, the, the family element of it. But they pinch his car. So, I mean, like, yeah. would an Avenger do that? I, I couldn't well, see yes. Captain <laughs> yeah. America sort of... No, but that, that's the point, you know, no, it's like... It, no, it, I'm joking, but there is a, it is quite funny because Natasha in Budapest specifically tells off Yelena for stealing somebody's car and uh, the reply from Yelena going, what, do you want me to chase him down and unsteal his car from him? Uh, yeah. And then you know, one scene later, <laughs> yeah. she's stealing somebody else's car because it looks really nice and it's in her colours. It's in it's in black with yeah. red seats, uh, which, which I thought was a, a nice touch. Um, but this is the moment that they choose to take down the Red Room and I think... It's it's one of the more interesting parts of this. This isn't a mission where they're pushed along on what they have to do. It's a mission that the two of them choose to do. And it's the reason for it is because yeah. Natasha realized she didn't actually take out the leader of the Red Room. She didn't cl- shut down the Red Room like she thought she had. 
And Yelena now has nothing to do because she's been freed from the control. So the two of them are going to go on their own mission to go and take down uh, the Red Room and go and take down Drakoff. Which yeah. I think is, it, that, that feels different. Um, it's done in loads of movies, obviously, but it feels different for the MCU. It feels like it's not a mission to take down the villain. It's the two of them choosing to go on their yeah. personal mission. And it's team building time. They need to yeah. get their team. Yeah, it is a team. So I, so you talked about the, 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 the scene and this mission being different. This is why I am happy with the choices of the directors and the writing and the the, the, the where the MCU is going uh-huh. because this is something everything we're getting right now in this in the MCU is stuff that we have not seen and we like it is just different takes different choices because maybe in the past this black video this scene alone was going to be them being forced to take down the the red room and we wouldn't have got this sit down section uh, be, but because of who they choose as a director and who the writing staff is we get these very unique moments yeah. that are for that and yet I'm loving that like the the car door scene in the chase mm-hmm. that endears me to Elena so much within a few minutes and then seeing her do the the fun jabs with, as John said, the posing kind of jokes at Natasha, and then later on just was sitting there talking about the family aspect. You're getting all of this different character development yeah. within a short space of time, but at the same point, very unique and different settings within three three diverse kind of narrative beats, like yeah. a chase the jobs where they're shopping and then the sit down and they're all very different scenes could have been very different scenes absolutely and i I think you know a a lot of films don't take the opportunity to take that breath and that that can be a massive failure for big budget movies they don't take that those moments i i always recall one of my favorite scenes from terminator 2 and it is one of the greatest action movies of all time but there's a moment in that movie where this is robots chasing down humans from the future this is not you know high level oscar winning stuff but there's a moment in that movie where um john connor and sarah connor are sitting at a table talking to the terminator about the future and they're watching kids around and watching kids playing and she's effectively saying there's no future future's not written and if it is we're all doomed because of how we've been playing with guns and it's this moment where they're just allowed to breathe and talk about the theme behind the movie and when movies choose to do that it elevates them a bit more over just standard pew pew uh, shooty movies but speaking of pew pew (laughs) let's go on to our third point because this is another massive action sequence as we break out the red guardian from uh, a russian gulag i'm guessing Um, yeah this is just a big action sequence, but a, but a good introduction to um, the Red Guardian, I suppose. It's a very fun introduction to, to the Red Guardian. Just seeing him there kind of doing the arm wrestling while boastfully um, kind of telling these stories about Captain America. So has he convinced himself that he actually did fight Captain America or was there a Captain America? Now that we've watched Captain America and the Winter Soldier, the TV show... Is has he fought some other Captain America in the eighties so that he he doesn't know it's Steve Rogers? <laughs> yeah, that is it. Right. That is a hundred percent where my head went. That was like, oh no, we're gonna find out more. We're gonna see that there were there were other Steve, Ro- not Steve Rogers, but there were other uh, Captain Americas. 
Um, like, like they did, like in the actual comic books, there were parts where they had other, other, other yeah. Captain America's, not even John Walker, but like beyond that. Um, so I think this is going to, this is where we're going to land. This is what yeah. we're going to see. And he talks of, about of himself as, you know, the, it's the Russian super soldier program yeah. as well. So it, it, and we've seen it referenced with, um, Civil War, uh, yep. with, uh, Zemo. So, yeah, this idea that there's, you know, we're talking a lot about multiverse at the moment, but it, it's not just about m- different universes, but it's the fact that there are multiple Captain Americas potentially in yeah. this one universe, which we've really kind of been told there has been. And yeah. um, yeah. so now that we've watched, yeah, yeah. so it is, yeah, yeah, um, He's a hard character to like, um, Red Guardian, but David Harbour as an actor, you know, we, we, we probably know him best from, uh, Stranger Things. Uh, is it a spoiler to say that Stranger Things ends off with, uh, with Hopper in Russia? So this is quite funny that <laughs> this movie picks up with him playing Alexi in Russia. Also quite funny in, in Stranger Things, he did kidnap a character called Alexi, uh, who he traveled around with, and now he's playing a character called Alexi in this movie. Um, but, David Harbour is, is such a relatable type of character that I do think he brings that to this kind of horrible person in Red Guardian. He's, he's all about the mission, I suppose, but that's what you can say to your colleagues unless your colleagues are a five year old and an eight year old girl, um, who are left behind when your mission ends. Um, which I think he's quite brutal about that. You know, there's, there's a great scene when he's talking to Yelena later on, um, trying to tell her that he sort of likes her or trying to give her parts, some information to her. And she says, well, all I ever heard from you was moaning about the mission, but that mission was my family. That mission was my life effectively, And the best part of her life as yeah. well. That yeah. that's the oh, really good thing. Scene. Um, oh. Yeah. But it's, he's, he's awesome here because I think he, he actually of the two, um, uh, between Alexi and Melina, he he has the more human edge. Even when it was about the mission, we see him, you know, collecting the teddy after they've escaped from the USA. Mm. Uh, and both Yelena and Natasha have been sort of drugged and put to go to put in the back of a van to go to uh, and be put into the Black Widow program. And mm. um, so, you know, he there's, there's that side of him. And I think that really comes across that. um you know, in some respects as well, you know, being in this Russian gulag, he has been betrayed by Drakov. And in, in that sense, he's been yeah. left to rot. And yeah. he's, he's living off nostalgia of what he's done. So that, you know, the great thing is it just that he's exaggerating, inflating, um, what he did in the past. And um, because ultimately, you know, he feels that with the USA, he was left to rot for for three years he's he wants to use his fists and, and all that as he's doing all these different arm wrestles yeah. um and i i just thought it was really nice sort of that sort of down and out um hero or superpowered yeah. um uh individual i thought it was just played by him really really well and yeah. um, and needing to sort of connect somehow back after being in this russian gulag and which is ultimately with his pretend daughters ultimately and i thought this was just really kind of interesting and and like it that's that idea of family that you know um family and you have this with natasha with the avengers that 
doesn't have to be biological. It, it can be uh, a group of um, of people that are are similar, like we we've seen with Pose um, in watching Pose. This mm-hmm. idea of creating a family, yeah. um, and of course, this, this family can be more, can be as yeah. as important or more important than your real family. Um, and, and this is this is kind of the you know the very unsettled parts of a reunion ultimately at this stage between uh-huh. uh, these three at the Russian Gulag which I have to say if I was imprisoned in a Russian Gulag I think this is quite a nice one with the sort of the the the, the snow and the ice um, yeah, and, the, and, and the big cliffs I thought it was kind They're of inside quite a, a cool location inside a concrete building for most oh, of the oh no day. no they had the exercise uh, area they did have the exercise area but um, I, I love love the fight and love the love the uh, rescue scene, but I, I do think that moment where Yelena uh, takes out the rocket launcher and blows up uh, the, the gun <laughs> to her tower and causes an avalanche that I think is about to take out every single prisoner in that gulag and every single guard in the gulag. Yep. She references that this would be a cool way to go, but I do feel like a lot of people are going to die. In, in, oh, yes. In no, no, moment. no. They killed everyone else in that prison. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Yelena's comment here... That this is a cool way to die. Uh-huh. Um, this is what essentially made Florence's Pugh's character and choices sing to me as the character from Killing Eve. This is okay. essentially yeah. the, 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 this is the, the Russian hit woman assassin, uh, who is quirky and funny and says all these types of things. And it's the choice. So this is what, while also completely have me going, I want to see more of Florence Pugh. Mm-hmm. I want to see more of Vienna. I want her on Spinoff. I want her to be the White Widow because I enjoy this character. Yeah. I also went, oh, I see what you've done with the character. You've essentially took Killing Eve, you've took Eve from Killing Eve and supplanted her in the MCU mm. as a, a, an addition, as a funny take on the Natasha Romanoff because they had quite similar backgrounds, uh-huh. essentially, to a degree. Like, like they both have red in their ledger, which is talked about. The This, for me, was just, oh, okay, I see what you're doing now. I see how you're creating this new version of the character. Mm. Um, and I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, they've saved this guy that was uh, the, the father, but they didn't save him for being their father. They saved him because they needed information out of him. That's that's kind of it. But yeah, uh, but a really good, really good moment and seeing kind of the out of shape, we'll say, uh, Red Guardian trying to escape. I, I feel like 20 years earlier, he would have been able to make that escape. We saw the escape from America that he made where he jumps on the side of a plane and he's able to shoot people off and that kind of stuff. Like it's really, really dynamic back in the USA. Here he gets tased once, falls off, and has to be saved by Natasha, basically. <laughs> but he also, like, knocks a reinforced metal mm-hmm. kind of door. door off its hinges. So, I mean, he's not com- he's not completely useless. Oh, no, no, no. Um, and I'm surprised he's not escaped anyway. It's just that, yeah. I guess, you know, it's very cold and a long distance to the, the next town, which is the whole point of uh, of Russian gulags, yeah. really. Uh, and so and it, he's kind of hopeless because he's been put there by, yeah. by the Rakoff. So, um, yeah. But I think, talking about out of shape, I think, you know, with them escaping this gulag uh, and flying to then to where Melina is for, uh, and this is our fourth point, the family uh, reunion. Mm -hmm. And just, I have to say, the moment with David Harbour putting on the Red Guardian suit here, um, (laughs) I just thought 
this is perfect. Yeah. This is what um, we needed was an out-of-shape superhero. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that we've had thought, but this was trying to squeeze into um, into this tight-fitting suit. I just absolutely loved. And then he's all kind of so proud uh, where he comes into the dining room and says, it still fits. And I just wish they had made a button go pink. Bing! <laughs> because that would have just been... Classic. Did you hear Melina's line in the background when he says that and just goes, I haven't washed it once. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know now. Maybe you need to wash it once. (laughs) This for me was perfect because it was the post-pandemic, like going back to the office Uh uh, and you had to put your office clothes on. So it's just like, it still fits. (laughs) Don't make me. And you're like, I haven't washed it since we left the office a year and a bit ago. I, I, I enjoyed this moving towards this bit, Melina. The bit where, like, David Harbour talked about the red and the ledger and being so proud of the girls. Mm. Such a fun thing because that is something that Natasha has said across, um, the MCU. She has blood in her ledger. She has red in her ledger and she needs to, um, she needs to kind of get rid of it. And that's why she's doing so much. Yeah. And he's turning it and going, we are so proud of you yeah. because of, look, there's so much red in you, and there's blood in you, look at you. And you're like, that's brilliant. It's just a fun nod back to, like, his, his different turn and, like, his, the view on that, yeah. which is like, it's the driving force in Natasha to be good. And he's like, no, no, be proud of it. And then we exactly. get to meet the mother who, the the other aspect of, Natasha and again this is only a, it's it's strange you see that like this three years was so formative for you but actually at the same time it's very formative to Natasha because a lot of the things that Melina says and does continues on from what Natasha talks about as well or has like so it's very I have to give a hat off to the, the writers here because Again, we know that the MCU does it. They have secret teams that go back and touch up parts of the script to link it back further. But this seems a bit of a deeper callback in that, like, the Red and the Ledger is a fun take. The, 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 the other discussions of the, the, um, fake family book. It was like, Oh, I remember these. It was such a fun day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was all the stage. And it was like, even yeah. though there was nothing in the presence, because she had talked about uh, staged photos previously in um, the, the, the her other films. No, oh, right. Um, so I just thought these are nice little touches and callbacks sprinkled yeah. into this overall story. But talking about not being able to trust the MCU at all, in the Marvel Legends kind of eight or ten minutes recap of the Black Widow story, they have the scene from Avengers where Loki is standing captured telling um, Black Widow who she is and what he knows about her. And he calls out she killed Dreykov's daughter in that scene. And I'm going, did he do that in the Avengers? And now can I trust it? Do I need to pull out my uh, my Blu-ray copy of Avengers and make sure because it probably has been updated now on Disney Plus where they put that line in there? Because that seems really specific and really central to this movie that who Dracoff was, who the daughter was, and it is it seems like written in stone 
12 years ago by a completely different writer and a completely different director of what happened to Black Widow. And they have used that here. So, uh, so yes, sometimes, uh, sometimes they're incorporated. Sometimes they're actually genuine, genuinely changed to fit, uh, to fit these stories. Um, but yeah, you're right. This, this, period of time that these four members of the family were together is massively important to all of them but they've all gone off to do different things um natasha being returned to the black widow program she was in it from yeah. the time she was about three uh it seems or even younger potentially potentially from when she was a baby effectively is what we what we hear uh yelena being brought to it for the first time as a four-year-old because she was um she was taken as a child and brought into this family uh straight off so she's never gone through the black widow program so that has informed the rest of her life melina then going into research for uh for Dreykov from when she returned from the usa and she's been pretty formative in the creation of uh of these black widows and um, we see her talking about these mind control pigs that she has uh, and that's effectively when she's doing it um yelena realizing hang on a second you're able to do that to me or you were able to do that to me up until a couple of weeks ago just just on a little data pad you're able to just turn off my breathing or you yeah. know make me kill myself that that research like was so interesting for what they did um but also that scene with the pig i legitimately was going what what Ooh, like it was uncomfortable and like very much so more than I've seen in other MCU properties ever. Mm-hmm. Like that was for me like heart that was harsh. I think it's the fact that she named it Alexi and then and then said, uh, doesn't he look like you? And then took away its breathing. It, it suddenly <laughs> made you connect with the pig and then, <laughs> and then think that it's going to die. Yeah. yeah, poor little piggy. Um, he was fine. No pigs were harmed in the making of this. Even but CGI he got pigs. opened, yeah. He had another 60 something seconds. Or 11, so another 11, 11 seconds yeah. <laughs> till he died. Yeah. I was like, oh. Um, yeah. This scene overall, I think, was fun. Yeah. Because what you start to see is, what has happened to many of us, which is where you sit down with your mother and father as an adult and you're drinking and you're like, you're getting this, you get that family camaraderie, but as an adult, Mm -hmm. but also what we see here is the differing opinions of what these three years meant to them all. And it's just, again, so interesting to see the take on Yelena and how she, for, like they're all saying these like things of like oh man nothing or it was just this or just that and she's like no for me it was my life it was the best mm-hmm. time forever yeah. because you, we do forget straight after this she goes into the Black Widow program and it's essentially her life for the next twenty something years exactly exactly yeah. I also love that each person slips into their role as well yeah. you know you've got yeah. the older sister who doesn't want to be in control of the parents of the family uh, criticizing younger sister like even even tells them all to shut up and Yelena's like what did I do I didn't even get involved yeah so I know you've got uh, the mother and father trying to make the daughters eat food and you know because they need to put a bit more weight on them um, yeah I, I think there's there's just that really fun. Uh, moment of them all assuming their their former roles uh, in that really quick succession. I thought this was a standout scene Mm -hmm. in the whole movie, a bit like with the the one-to-one with uh, between Natasha and Yelena. And this really kind of coalesced the group as well. Um, And it was... Like, like you say, it was all the different viewpoints. Um, And for me, this is where really Yelena kind of came out because you see how much it affects her and to an extent 
it actually changes Natasha's mind because Natasha and her uh, at the different spectrum here and um, Natasha kind of almost quite objectively is like well I have my new family it's the Avengers mm-hmm. uh, this family was a pure lie um, and you know we, we have about her um, trying to find her real biological mother yes. that is brought up as well and so for her she I think Natasha is almost quite dispassionate here about it and and um and I think M- Melina is a little as well okay. um, here. Yelena brings the kind of, yeah, but this was the best time of my life, as Chris has mentioned. And I, I think you see it affect her most. You see that gr- the great talk that her and Alexi have in, in the bedroom just before then they're attacked by the forces of, of, of Drakov. But, um, uh, I, I think her, this is where she's really powerful. And to some extent, I think because of what she said here, um, it gets Natasha thinking about, um, it more and reassessing it, uh, to the point where by the end of the movie, you know, she still has the view that it's a, a put together family, but she yeah. can also, um, accept them as, a created family, one that Absolutely. there are special moments um, in, in their lives together. Yeah. Um, you know? I love Alexi trying to tell the story about his own father peeing on him uh, when he was doing fishing and uh, Yelena going, what does this mean? And he goes, uh, you know, fathers. <laughs> so, and, and in fact, all he needed to do to, to tell her how much he did care for her and how much it really meant to her is sing part of American Pie, which was her favorite song. And that's all she needed from him to, to kind of reaffirm the connection and reaffirm how much it really meant uh, between the two of them. I thought that was, a, that was a really nice touch that he's trying really hard to be a father. We know now he's been in prison for so long, so he's never actually been a real father. He's only had that mission uh, to be a father to these girls. Yeah. So, uh, so I just thought that was, that was quite fun. He's been in prison so long that he has lots of energy now. Oh, yes. That was the other role yeah, he tried to reassume really <laughs> yeah, quickly. Yeah. And Melina didn't seem that too put amazing. off by it. Did she? Did she? No, she, she was but down. She, she, she gave him a whistle when he came in. She's uh, been living uh, with pain. Yes. That's true. That's so true. I, I guess the, the old... The old emotions and, and uh, pheromones and what have you between the two of them are all sort of whirring oh, quite, cons- yeah, yeah, quite yeah. considerably. You glanced over quite a big moment just in uh, when you were speaking there, John. I just want just want to re-highlight at this moment where we where we hear from uh, Melina about Natasha's mom that uh, Natasha was never left by her mother, which is the story yeah. Natasha always thought that she was just left in the street and picked up by the Black Widows, that her mother was so tenacious that she was murdered by Dreykov. Um, she tried so hard to find Natasha that she almost uncovered the Red Room and revealed it to the world, which is where Dreykov always worked from the shadows, and her mother was killed. This connects directly into her final moments in Endgame, where she learns the name of her mother and never knew the name of her mother. So this is quite a, a quite a, a big moment for yeah. uh, Natasha to learn that story. And now we see why she was so emotional at learning the name of her mother in, in that moment in Endgame. Yeah. From Red Skull. Yeah, of all people. No, like, it, it was fun because, again, she was sold and then the mother, she was still sold, which is disgraceful. Um, the mother was compensated, it said. And then her mother changed and went after her to, to get her back. Um, because we do find out that she was, for her genetic uh, a potential mm. to be the best of the best. I really love how the, the Red Guardians uses the comedic foil in both aspects, but at the same time, he has this. Th- there is this kind of lovable bear aspect to him, um, and then we see that yeah. when he is shot 
multiple times with tranquilizer darts, which is brilliant. <laughs> he's just one flies in. He goes, you think that does something? And I'm like, oh, that was oh, good. Classic. Well done. Yeah, like, that is, that was that's classic. kind of like Hulk level. Kind of like, you think this does something? And again, you know, even just in that little moment, it tells you that this is Drakov coming for them because Drakov knows every one of these people. He knows all their abilities. He knows exactly who they are because they worked for him. So uh, so it is that moment where you wouldn't have Red Guardian being attacked incorrectly by someone who knows him so well. So he is absolutely captured and put up in a prison, which takes us on to our final uh, point, which is the battle at the Red Room. We yes. We finally get to see the Red Room. We, If you remember all the way back to Agent Carter, the Red Room has been something that's been in the TV shows. It's been in the movies. We've had mentions of it and flashbacks to it in Avengers Age of Ultron. Um, and we now get some more flashbacks to what's still going on in the Red Room and get more detail behind what's going on. It's always been a... Uh, a dangerous place in the MCU. It's always been this horrifying place, really, about uh, dealing with children who've been stolen from their families or stolen from the streets, as we hear here. And a lot of them don't make it through the training program. But we hear a little bit more um, brutality in there from the the leader here, Drakov, the person who puts all the girls through uh, these these camps, effectively. And we hear from Yelena saying, you know, 20 girls will go through this. And nineteen of them will be killed if they fa- when they fail. They, yep. He gets he kills them, throws them away because um, they're useless to him effectively. So it feels really brutal and feels like the right um, impetus for this movie to explore that. Obviously, it's the it's the history that Black Widow grew out of effectively as well. So yeah, what did you think of the Flying Fortress? I thought it was Russian Shield Ugh. in the clouds. Um, it, to me, th- this is Russia's counterpart to Shield. Um, Ultimately, not a government um, agency, but uh, at one personal. point it was. Yeah. At it's one a point private it was. Army, basically. So I, I really like this. I mean, I, I, I liked it in the clouds. I thought it was really kind of iconic. It felt, um, it felt good. I mean, and yeah, it's Russian Shield, basically. Um, it's got the, it's, it's, it's got the, the hover heli carrier. Heli carrier. The technology but, exists you know, in this world, um, and he's yes. obviously bought it and used it for himself. Yes, we've had uh, Shield in space. And now we've got S.H.I.E.L.D. in Russia um, floating in the clouds. <laughs> you're just, you're, you're now trying to get a punch, aren't you? I am. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I thought this was an interesting thing. I was like, we never know where it is. It's been, it's always somewhere different. It's a unique take on that opinion, on that on that line about the Red Room has always been, it's, it's, it is everywhere and nowhere. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, that's a clever way of putting it. It is essentially orbiting uh, in the sky. Yeah. Uh, and it, it is just hidden with these little clouds and stuff. I was like, clever. You're going to see it. <laughs> so I was just like, hmm, I don't know how that's got away for so long, but okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, it Satellites. is very. Yeah, exactly. It's very James Bondy in yeah, that it is. it's a flying, flying sky fortress. Yeah. And you're like, Okay, but we know, like, how did they never get... How did Stark satellites never find it? Ah, they were more interested in other things. True, true. I I guess if the heli carrier can cloak, um, then... Maybe this can, This can possibly as well. Mm. Uh, You know, okay, we don't see it here, but I I guess there's ways of hiding their location um, for sure. Yeah. Um, And then, so, we are in... The Red Room, mm-hmm. and we are essentially given our Mission Impossible moment. Yes. Yay! Yes. 
Be- come on, this is the this is the ultimate Mission Impossible moment. It really is. With uh, they literally do a body swap with the uh, holographic masks, uh, yes, and it's that, then Natasha used give... to do exactly the same thing in Civil War. Yes, uh, <laughs> so it's exactly. still, it's still a Natasha Romanoff moment. She's true, she's true. literally done exactly this before. Um, but I, I kind of like this ruse. Um, you know, kind of the way it plays out. You know, we don't know. As the audience, that is Natasha sitting there across uh, from Zrykov. He finds out pretty quickly, which I which I did like. Uh, the fact that he's looking into the eyes of yeah. the girl he's trained. Once you look into their eyes, you know exactly who they are. I think that's a really good line from from Zrykov here. Um, but the but realizing that Melina has switched in that conversation with uh, with Natasha, she's the one that called in Drakov's army for them. But she can't call them off. But she can set everything up so that uh, Natasha can be yeah. where she needs to be, uh, and Yelena can be where she needs to be. That's it. I I really like the interplay actually with the, the you know the mini flashbacks to that scene mm-hmm. where she's called in the uh, the Drakov's forces and um, where they come up with and hatch this plan. Yep. Uh, I, I just think it, it's a really nice mini redemption from Lena because she is, you know, at that table, at that family reunion, she's the most kind of businesslike and, yep. and cold, I think. Um, uh, and here it's that it, you find through this whole massive action sequence that it did have meaning for her that yeah. time in the US. And I but thought that was really good. But it's not just the time in the US. She's uh, she's only now realizing that all of the work that she's done for the last 20 years since returning from the US that with, as this, well, yeah. with this stuff from Hydra um, that she's that she's been working on to, to unlock the key to the mind, all the stuff that she's done, she's only just realized, actually, hang on a second, I've been creating like the nuclear bomb, effectively. I've been creating something that's being used for awful purposes purposes and i never once questioned it um i think that's massively important for her and her change of character how much it's affected yelena as well because she does have that connection with her in the usa but um but this moment where she hasn't questioned what she's been doing for 20 years she's just been filing her reports and sending back all of the information uh, and having quite a close relationship with Drakov, she still didn't realize what what her work was really doing i think that's a that's quite a big change for her character there. yeah yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, I love the multiple threads here as we come mm-hmm. to this massive finale where you have Natasha with Drakov, um, where he is doing a classic Bond villain mm-hmm. of effectively showing her everything. And she does that. She, she you know, it pulls back to, uh, we, we find out that even though she's not mind controlled, there is this pheromone protection for Drakov that is in all widows kind of, I guess, old tech so that she's not able to kill him. Uh, and, but, you know, he's showing her his network, where his, his login is, yeah. how he logs in, you know, I, I, I guess it is tropey, but I, I quite like it. It's like, and here's my master plan. Yeah. Um, but that's mainly because he, is arrogant and yeah. he yeah. is not wanting to lose this asset even though he knows that she absolutely despises him and um, he wants this asset back and now with the new mind control technology yeah. that melina has worked on like gets, with him yeah he gets to use an avenger if he does that yeah you know? exactly yeah. and so this is really good yeah. uh, at the and, same and the- time you've got uh, alexi and melina um in, in in a cell and also you've got Yelena about to have surgery to see um where they're going to pick apart her brain so that they can learn more about how this antidote 
actually alters and changes the brain to break his mind control yeah. so the, there's you know there's three kind of really good elements here i think absolutely yeah and that moment with natasha and Drakov that really is calling back to her picking apart loki in uh, in the interrogation room yeah. back in back in the helicopter yeah. that moment where you think she's vulnerable he's told her she can't kill him and that's why he's revealing the plan soon you'll be under my control the arrogance of him effectively but she has a plan to get out of this she yeah. just needs Loved the information it. and once she has the information then uh, she'll get herself out of it i love how she riles him up to try and get him to break her nose because she doesn't really want to do it herself but she will if she needs to but uh, i love that and she does and going, you know, you're not strong enough. You're hit me harder, basically. And eventually it's going, oh, well, I guess I'll do it myself then. And breaks her nose to, to stop those pheromones from affecting her. I think that's a, that's a really good scene, but, it, but it just reveals again how good Natasha is at getting the information she needs from people. And it, it's a, it's a really important trait of hers. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. Now we do then get the, the massive reveal about the origin of Taskmaster. Mm hmm. Um, and uh, the 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 fate of uh, Jacob's daughter, um, Jens. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I think this made total sense for this film for yes. Black Widow. This made total sense that the thing that has been driving Natasha for so long to be on the right side this this realization that um, that she thinks that she killed uh, Drakov and his daughter in order to attain her place. And that's another bit of red in her ledger, as she as she calls it. And it turns out that that driving force um, is has actually given him his greatest weapon. Uh, I think that's a really interesting arc for this for this movie. Um, and the reveal I thought was really good. Yeah, I, I thought it was uh, I thought it was really well done. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I, I thought this really felt. Correct for. Um, the movie and how Taskmaster was in there. Yeah. Um, and it, again, it, it, it's to Drakov that even when he should have been grieving and mourning, um, the, the, effectively the mutilation of his daughter, he, he is taking the opportunity to effectively weaponize her rather than weapon. rehabilitate her. And I think, you know, if he does that to his daughter, you realize just the, how evil, um, how sociopathic he is in relation to these kids that he can kill off 10 a penny, um, just yep. to get his single one, uh, perfect black widow from that, that latest batch of, uh, unwilling recruits. So yeah. I, I thought this was really, really good. Um, and I mean, the only thing I felt with this, and I, I have to be honest, I mean, you know, because Natasha does show, show her remorse here and, and you see that throughout this. Mm-hmm. But I think just to, um, I, I guess just to reference Michelle Visage and RuPaul, I think if you're going to show remorse, you need to big it up. You know, I, I felt there needed to be a little bit more. I think, I think that envelope needed to be pushed. A okay. little further for me. Um, and I guess that's more to do with the writing necessarily. Okay. But I, I, I felt that it, it kind of happened very quickly. Yeah. Um, and I didn't think the remorse was in the scene, but I thought later on no, when it... she finds Taskmaster in the prison and effectively risks her life, knowing Taskmaster could kill her, um, and risks, risks her life to free Taskmaster from that prison. Yeah. Uh, and release her. I thought that was the remorse scene, but this moment is all about taking, taking down Drakov. Exactly. 
I think what took me out of all of that was then literally 10 minutes later at the end of the film, it's all sort of shake hands and happy clappy because Taskmaster has that at same antidote. Yeah. And I, it, it felt like, in some ways, I understand why it was warm and fuzzy at the end, but it felt too warm and fuzzy with regards to what had potentially just happened and how yeah. kind of how much of a start of the journey in reconciliation, say, with Drakov's daughter um, and the new bonds with her family um, from the USA. And, but that, that, it's a minor quibble for me. But I, 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 as I say, I just felt it maybe just needed to be dialed up. You know, if you're going to be Judy Garland, then be, you know, big up and be Judy Garland. And right. I, I felt that it could have been pushed a bit more for me right. uh, yeah. in terms of uh, the, the remorse, uh, potentially yeah. the sadness. Um, because again, I think it linked back to Yelena saying she, you know, you're on the cover of magazines. You think you're a good guy. You're part of the Avengers that also think they're good guys, but you're still a trained assassin. You're the person with the gun that young girls look up to. Yeah. You know, and that I, I, I felt it linked into that bigger thing. And I, for me, I'm not entirely sure. Um, it quite spotted the landing, but that's, I think that's just me. I, w- I wonder how Mattel felt about that line in the movie since they just commissioned two new Barbies based on, based on, the, <laughs> on the Black Widow movie coming out. Um, yeah. Oh no, sugar, sugar, we've made, uh, this, uh, tra- internationally trained assassin killer into a Barbie doll for girls to look up, <laughs> up to. Um, yeah, I think, I think possibly one of the challenges is we don't really ever hear the other side of the story because Tasman, exactly. because his daughter has gone through so much damage and uh, gone through all of this um, experimentation over the years. We never get a moment with her going, um, I hate being this weapon or this tool. There's, there's also no other side to that conversation. We just put that expectation on her. I think there's that's no right. We don't know how damaged she really is. I suppose. Yeah, I think that's right. There's nowhere for this remorse to go. You yeah. don't get the feedback on yeah. it effectively. That's my only nitpick mm-hmm. with this whole choice it was some it, it literally started to become telegraphed in that scene area and i'm like oh okay i figured it out cool like i mean like a like a couple of seconds before just as so, he hits oh, the mask to reveal who it is yeah it was just yeah. well no it was just like I, just a few minutes before i was like oh, okay i figured out who this is now yeah um my only nitpick is we don't get that 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 other side, that other aspect of the the story, and that I felt would have been potentially one of the greatest parts of it, because then you get the the full trauma caused by this overall piece, mm. and the the maybe it was being saved, or maybe it is being saved for a future iteration or a future scene or a future show. Like the widows on Disney yeah. Plus, yeah, like, yeah, and Taskmaster is one of the widows. Like, mm-hmm. there is something there that I think it, it potentially is a good story, and it just I think that was the only missing thread. Yeah. Overall, I thought this was great. Yeah. Like, it's a good choice. It ties back into the the origin. It's the the mythos of the Black Widow and the widows and, mm-hmm. and the whole shebang. It is it is well threaded through. Yeah, Definitely. it was just that part of that story. Also, I will say though, 
one of the worst aspects of uh, the Widow's security system is that the code to open the cell was three and six. That was it. She pressed three and she pressed six and then the door opened. And I was like, hold on a second. Yeah. High security. And they just go, doop, doop, dung. But maybe that's how you make something even more secure. Just have it one, 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 because nobody would use that, right? Pa- the password for this top secret thing is password. What? <laughs> What's the joke in Hot Fuzz? The password for the uh, the safe in the police office is 999, which is the phone number for the emergency services. <laughs> so, that's, the, that's the joke. Um, let's just close out uh, our discussion yes. about Black Widow. The, the fight here uh, continues as expected, I suppose. Um, there's one tiny thing that I didn't like in, in the overall fight, which is Alexi fighting against Taskmaster, a character that looks like she has the moves of Captain America built in. She's using the shield. And I just wanted Alexi to to relive that moment where he steals the shield and uses it against uh, Taskmaster because that's what he says he's done. And it's firmly adamant that he did that in a fight against Captain America. And I just felt, if you call that out in your script earlier on in the movie, have a moment where he does that, where he's the one that uses the shield, knocks her into the cell even, and then Melina shuts the cell. Because it feels like that's that was telegraphed in the writing and it feels like then you could at least say that story is true even though it wasn't Steve Rogers he fought he's repeating something that he did in his history and I, I, I mm. thought that was a bit odd that they didn't do that since they set up that they had the fight you yeah know? yeah I thought I thought the the whole destruction of the the Russian shield helicarrier here was was really really good. I, I loved it. I, I loved the whole nonchalant Melina as she kind of basically <laughs> takes out one of the engines yep. and zip lines are away. Mm-hmm. I think the um, you know we see. Uh, Natasha get all the data she's you know again it's just that little slice of hand where she's managed to take uh, Drakov's uh, ring that he uses to sort of gain access to his system take all that down there's the face off between Natasha and Taskmaster I mean it's a real ride all the way through uh, as this 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 whole facility is breaking apart and blowing up, and I, I thought it was done really, really well. Yeah. Uh, and the 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 fighting through the air um, was oh, just yeah. really, really good. It, there, there was elements. There was one moment where Natasha goes through um, the the helicopter through mm-hmm. the, the the side uh, straight through, uh, which just reminded me of um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, from the first yeah. episode. Yeah. Uh, she just doesn't do it quite as gracefully as um, as uh, fa- the Falcon. Yeah. I think uh, she does hit the side. No, exactly. Uh, But I thought this was all... um, I thought this was really, really good. Okay, yeah. I I like that it starts with Yelena taking out Drakov. He has to die. At some point, she's the one that takes him out um, and thinks she's going to sacrifice herself in it effectively and then gets blown off the side of the the privately owned carrier, heli carrier. (laughs) Um, But the fighting through the air, look, it looks great. It really does. I have no idea how both Taskmaster and... Um, Natasha survived this fall. At least Yelena has a parachute on. It seems high enough that the parachute would slow her descent. But Black Widow's jumping back and forth from pieces of very fast moving debris. And I think they get uh, a parachute open about 10 feet from the ground. They would both have gone splat. (laughs) But that can't happen, I know, in the movie. But you need to have the action take place a little higher in the air then so that you can have a good 
uh, a good amount of time for them to fall and slow their fall. But it, it, that is the most unbelievable bit in the movie, uh, I, I think, uh, that fight through the air. But it, it is fun and there's lots of, lots of interesting stuff going on. But the jumping back and forth with no superpowers, uh, between, uh, pieces of, uh, already falling debris while you're having a fight. That's not going to slow your fall. You're going to die. It was awesome, though. I it mean, was. I have to say. But Dracov's men were very committed to this fight. The people that were fighting for him, they were they were falling out of the sky without parachutes, still shooting their weapons at, yeah. <laughs> at their targets. Not like, ah, I'm going to die. But I guess they're still mind-controlled. <laughs> they may be mind-controlled, yes. Um, yeah. As well. So, because yeah. it was only um, when with the Black Widows yeah. um, that Dracov calls in to take care of, of Natasha that... Yelena, who's now got the vials back, is able to do the old, um, well, release the antidote for them. And I, exactly. this was the other side of it that I actually really liked as well, because there's, um, just right at the end, there's the comma, you know, as they're all, they've all landed, uh, they're all back on terra firma, mm-hmm. uh, but that these, that the Black Widows come back and, and the, it's not just the, the family units, um, of Alexei, Melina, Yelena, and Natasha, but then it, it becomes this whole, um, because this has all been done to women and yeah. that they, you know, the other Black Widows come back. They want to bring Taskmaster back in and also then with Yelena, Melina, and, and Alexei as well, all to, uh, kind of rectify these wrongs so within that group, but also more the wider network of Black yep. Widows that have been put out, you know, throughout the the world in this this network uh, of implanted Black Widows by Dracov. And yep. um, so to really kind of pick apart his work, and I thought that was really really good. I thought that was really fitting. Yeah, and a great setup for the potential Disney Plus TV series. <laughs> exactly. That's why I thought they were they they may announce a Widow show. Um, where it is essentially Elena, Taskmaster, Melina, David Harbour, and the rest of the characters mm-hmm. going and pulling down the remaining of the Widow Pro Red Room, and then finding out some additional. There's a there's a a blue room that they must now take down as well, mm. where someone has set up the Red Room and is like a, a second in command. Etc. Yeah, because it was very much in this movie, it was all about Drakov having full control of all of these women across the world from his data pad. With yeah. Drakov dead, and these women still under control, what are they doing? They're in sleeper cells around the world waiting for somebody else to activate them, I guess? So, so I guess much. that's how you create your antagonist for which, whichever show this will appear in the future or whatever movie it will appear in the future. That's how you create the antagonist, is the next person to come in and take control over what he's left behind. Could it be a certain uh, Countess... Maybe takes over. Well, yes. Who has questioning, questionable uh, loyalties because yeah. that is the the end credit scene that we get. Um, before we'll, we'll get to that in a sec. Essentially, we get that this sets up the the Infinity War. Uh, this sets up uh, straight at this end. We see the agent meeting Nat, who has now been given the vest in her outfit for Infinity War. Uh, and is essentially um, kind of given her Quinjet mm-hmm. found or, and uh, on her bike, and then that's the perfect setup. She's gone to help some friends out, and as Derek said, she chose the right side. If there, if if there is such thing as a right side, yes, she's officially Team Cap, which is the right side. 
Uh, sure. Finally, um, everybody ends off there in the end, so uh, so it's definitely the right side. Um, but yes, that's a, a, a nice way to set it up. I also love the fact that uh, it is um, General Ross coming down to to take everybody out. All the weathers get away, and and uh, and Natasha's left alone <laughs> after the big <laughs> fight that she's been done, and then it just goes two weeks later, and she's completely free, knowing that she can get out of any any situation. We don't need to see a replay of the moment at the beginning of the movie where she got away really easily. We know she gets away. Yeah. Uh, so I love that they didn't play anything out at all. There's not even a conversation there. Uh, that was quite that was quite funny. Um, but yes, into the post credit scene, another setup for a, a possible future. Uh, Valentina Allegra de la Fontaine, who we saw uh, back in Captain America and the Winter Soldier, uh, bringing on board John Walker to her team. We don't know much about the character at all. Um, we just know that she's uh, possibly nefarious, uh, possibly on the good side. Um, but here she's setting up Hawkeye with Yelena. She's saying that, that Hawkeye's the one that killed her sister. So this is taking place after uh, Avengers Endgame, after the death of Natasha. Val is saying that it's Hawkeye that's responsible for the death of the Black Widow. And technically that's kind of true because you're supposed to sacrifice the thing you love in order to get the Infinity Stone on that planet of Vormir. You have to sacrifice the thing you love. So technically... Hawkeye did sacrifice her, even though she made the choice and he wanted to die in, in her stead. She technically didn't commit suicide because then he wouldn't have gotten the stone, right? That's, that, I guess, is how the magic works, uh, that protected the, the stone. Um, but the fact that Val is sending Yelena out to take out Hawkeye means, um, she is on a more evil side or a more manipulative side, let's say. Yeah. And we also find that. Yelena's working for Val already. Has already that yeah. uh, she yeah. needs to raise. Um, she's on and holiday and not be. And she's not on allowed holiday. for two minutes on her own. So yeah. this is very much screaming to me uh, it, it, an organization. So mm-hmm. very much we think they they are setting up the Thunderbolts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what I'm starting to feel. They they because they, again this was supposed to have happened before we saw Val in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier in the in the alternate timeline in the multiverse of the, <laughs> of the world this would have come out before if it wasn't for covid yeah. so this would have set it up and then we would have seen her again and then this has led us now so there very much is a a Nick Fury-esque character uh who is essentially building a an a a, a, a morally loose mm-hmm. uh, team of Avengers. Yeah, and I think to John's uh, and, point at the beginning of the podcast about about uh, Thunderbolt Ross himself, uh, yes. General Ross not being in the best of health, uh, potentially Val has taken over that position. She will set up the Thunderbolts and she will be the leader of them the way in the comic books uh, General Ross was the leader of them. Potentially that's yes. also a little reference there uh, that they have. But uh, yeah, a really, a really interesting tie. You know, we, we know that in the TV shows, they're setting up the Young Avengers as a team. There's lots and lots of characters that have been introduced across all of the, the uh, TV shows so far and lots more to be introduced who are all parts of the Young Avengers. And now we're also seeing things like um, Val bringing in a Captain America, bringing in a Widow uh, to join her team. So potentially this is all setting up for yeah. our big battle in the future of the Young Avengers versus the, the Thunderbolts, potentially. That's yeah, a, that very could much. be the way it goes in the future. Uh, guys, any notes about the movie? Anything that we haven't talked about uh, you'd like to talk about at the end of our discussion? Very quickly, um, I did enjoy that the MCU have upgraded their disguise. Okay. Where previously it used to just be a cap and uh-huh. sunglasses, and then that would suddenly you blend in no matter what. Now, uh, Nat puts on a hoodie, 
and suddenly she's disguised. Um, and so <laughs> that, a- that's fantastic. Hey, it, yeah, it's yeah. good to see we've upgraded. If she had gone cap and hoodie, Ooh. she would have been invisible. There you go. Um, j- jokes aside, there's a lot of Easter eggs out there. Uh, I highly recommend some of our fellow defenders jump out to kind of like Nerdist and IGN. They have a list of some of the nice Easter eggs. Um, the one I did personally, I saw and I really enjoyed was that in Melina's uh, armory, you see her Iron Maiden masks. So just for uh, any of our Okay, welcome to Chris's Corner. Very quickly, um, the character of Melina in the comic books is this character called Iron Maiden. And uh, essentially, right. she wore an iron mask and she was uh, a adversary to um, Black Widow. Is good, mm-hmm. bad, mostly bad. Kind of very much mercenary, but wore an iron mask. And they ha- it was kind of... Think, um, think the character from G.I. Joe who just kind of had that... Face place in front of mask mm-hmm. that's just kind of just flat. That's Cobra what she Commander. had. Yeah, Cougar yeah. Commander. Yes. Yeah. Um. So that is what she had hanging up. She had two of them in the uh-huh. background of the army. So right. I thought it was very nice. Um. And yeah, I, that that's kind of it from me. Excellent. Any anything else from anybody else? No, not for me. Excellent. Yeah, I think we've talked about that in uh, full detail for uh, for the Black Widow. Uh, Chris, I know you have to get out of here pretty soon. Uh, let's go on to our final thoughts about Black Widow. Do you want to give your final thoughts first? Yes. Uh, I absolutely love this. This was a uh, fitting goodbye to uh, Natasha Romanoff. Um, it, it's a nice way to remember her, the, the joy we had with this character. Um, do I think it's the last we'll ever see of Scarlett Johansson? No, because, uh, Disney is Disney and they can, uh, basically bring a dump chunk of money back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we can get, we can see Budapest. We can see her in a flashback. A lot of options. Um, but no, I, I think this is a, a definitely a cool thing. It was fun. Yeah, I like Yelena's character and I like the options that it has opened um, for the future of the MCU. Um, and as a, just as, a, as a, a film in itself, outside of that, it is a fun, futuristic spy, James Bond, Borny type flick. It is a fun popcorn film and it's a great way to reintroduce you to the cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, I really defend this and I really enjoyed it. Excellent. John, what about yourself? Do you defend? I, I really do. I, I do defend um, Black Widow. I'd give it four tightly fitting super suits out of five. Nice. Um, I, I thought this was a really great action movie with this really nice kind of layered element of sort of the relationship between Natasha and her sister Yelena the 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 family the the forced family um that ultimately finds itself uh, in terms of that special time that they had in the USA uh to the you know breaking uh the the control um of Drakov on the Black Widow program and how far he had taken it. And I think this is all really nicely, you know, linked in. It it has great kind of connections back to Winter Soldier um and Civil War. Mm-hmm. It has really you know, I was wondering how they were going to do it, but those links into the future with, you know, that 
post credit scene around Hawkeye, but also the Thunderbolts uh, and what we're seeing develop now through the Marvel TV show. So I thought this was a really great send-off for Natasha. It's a shame it hadn't come a bit earlier and connected in um, sort of somewhere closer to uh, Winter Soldier or um, Civil War. But nonetheless, it's out and I think it really stands well alone um, and you, you just get more for this character and, and given the sacrifice on Vormir, then um, I, I thought this was a really good uh, good addition uh, to the MCU for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, four tightly fitting super suits out of five from my side. Derek, do you defend Black Widow? I definitely defend this movie. I really, really enjoyed it, but it, it does feel non-essential the way it's come out now. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is supposed to be the beginning of the next phase of movies, um, but I feel like it hasn't delivered enough in here that we're starting a new phase of Marvel. What it does do is put out a film that I'm definitely going to watch many times again, um, and I'm going to watch it after I watch Civil War, um, because I think it works perfectly in there. That's the, yes. that's the perfect moment. You watch Civil War and you move on to your next movie. It's just such a shame that Ike Perlmutter was the runner, was the runner of Marvel and, and uh, Disney movies at the time. This movie was proposed so many times, and he said nobody wants to watch a, a movie with a, with a woman at the heart of it. We've seen the failure of Catwoman which was used for 15 years. And it was just a badly written movie. It wasn't because there was a female protagonist in it, yeah. but it was used so many times to shut down these kinds of projects. I think this is a really good movie. It's just unfortunate. I think it's like, it hits as like a three out of five because of where it's landed now. A three and a half, maybe four out of five because of where it's landed now. But if we got all this information ahead of Infinity War and Endgame for this character, it would have hit so much better. I think it would have landed so much better. But because we know this character's dead, it feels unessential now. That doesn't mean I don't recommend it. I highly recommend that everybody checks this out. And it's on Disney Plus, and they they just need to reorder where it sits. It just doesn't sit as the 24th film yeah. in the MCU. It just no. sits a bit earlier. But I love that I love the performances. I mentioned I love Kate Shortland's direction and how she's taken her indie sensibilities into these characters, allowing them to have some breathing moments together where they can actually uh, reiterate what's important about what's going on. The fundamental center of the story, the abuse of women is something that comes out in so many interesting ways throughout the movie. There's a moment where Yelena says, I just was watching the news expecting Captain America would come in and save these women, but he never did because that was never important enough to make the Avengers level list of threats yeah. in the world. Yeah. Um, the fact that Drakoff is saying, I'm using the, the most abundant resource in the world, women, because nobody really cares about them. You know, all of this stuff underneath is, I think is really good and really effective. When you watch the movie multiple times, it comes out a bit more. Um, but I loved it. I really, I really thought it's a great send off for Scarlett Johansson. Great job that she got her executive producer role uh, on the movie. And I think it sets up a couple of other things that are really interesting to see in the future. Hopefully we'll see the Widows TV show or oh the God, David Harbour so spin, spin-off, which has been muted uh, already, um, of The Red Guardian. Um, that kind of stuff, I think, I think I'd like to see that in the future. This is a good setup for those possibilities in the future. Agreed. Agreed. Excellent. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, that's the overall thoughts on Black Widow. Chris, thanks so much for joining us for this episode. We know you're on holiday this week and uh, unfortunately couldn't do our other two podcasts, Loki and uh, The Bad Batch. But thanks so much for joining us for the movie discussion about The Black yes. Widow. 
I managed to take this one. But don't worry, fear not, fellow defenders. I will be back next week for our finale of the Loki. And I will give my thoughts on episode 5. And for the next episode of Bad Batch, where I'll also give my thoughts on the previous episode. Before we jump into those reviews. Guys, this was so good to be here. Unfortunately, I have to go move parts of my house while on holiday. Mm-hmm. Which is always fun. <laughs> but I will uh, definitely be watching this again. Look forward to you all soon. See you next week. Absolutely. Bye. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. I'm off to the Red Room. (laughs) Excellent. Thanks so much, Chris. Uh, We'll talk to you again next time. Uh, Let's get on to some feedback from our wonderful fellow defenders. Uh, First up, over on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash TV podcast industries, Ronaldo says, I'm very impressed with Black Widow. It had a lot of action. The first half was almost unrelenting, but to be honest, I found the interactions between Natasha and Lena the most interesting. The reveal of Taskmaster was good, I guess. Hoping that we do get Tony Masters down the line. It's too good a character to throw away, i.e. Dracov's daughter being cured now. I think Yelena is hilarious. The poser gag I just loved. And I was surprised to find the Red Guardian not too annoying. Melina was a badass too, and I hope we see her again. A cleaned up Red Guardian. Uh, he did come across as a bit of an oaf. Johansson rocked as a solid Black Widow, and I personally think she owns the role. I never knew Ray Winston was in this too, so that was an amazing surprise. I also like the play on that trope that you see in cinema of the female lead getting changed in the mirror. In this instance, Natasha has cuts and bruises that would make Matt Murdock blush. It's a good reminder that although she is an Avenger like Barton, she doesn't have the luxury of tech or powers, just honest skill and willpower. Thanks so much, Ray. Uh, yes, Tony, Ma- Tony Masters is um, Taskmaster in the comic books. Uh, so that's the, the comic book version of the character. But uh, as, as we said uh, during our discussions, dude, like this version of Taskmaster for this movie. Uh, and I think the technology could be used in future to bring in another Taskmaster if that's what they want to do. Yeah. The character, you know, as we mentioned. Definitely. It, it, yeah. If we have like a widow's show where Taskmaster, this version uh, becomes part of that team, potentially they can have another Taskmaster, Tony Masters versus her. Maybe that's a way to do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, the only thing missing from this Taskmaster was some, something after she had, had the antidote Mm -hmm. um, and I I think that we we discussed that about just linking into Natasha's remorse of you know when taking out Draco uh, she also took uh, an effectively an innocent bystander in his daughter um, and destroyed her life I think there was a little bit more required there for sure but I I think Taskmaster uh, was really good in this movie Um, uh, and you know I think work well. I, I don't know enough about the character for um about whether we get Tony Masters or whether this is just kind of, you know, we've had Taskmaster and certainly we, we may not see one again. But again, if we're if we're talking of Hawkeye, Thunderbolts, all this and uh, we, we see Elena, there's certainly a good chance that that will happen. And I think, like yourself, I think the interactions between Natasha and y- Elena were really, uh, really good uh, and completely agree in, you know, Scarlett Johansson is absolutely um, Natasha Romanov here. So good. So um, good. For sure. Yeah. Thanks so much, R- Ronaldo. Um, Kale Hensley says, I like the movie overall. Underwhelmed with Taskmaster. Hopefully we see more from this. Uh, I, yeah, I think um, there is certainly the potential to see more from Taskmaster. Uh, and I think, um, again, Taskmaster, um, at least from my perspective, I, I enjoyed, um, I thought they were good in this movie. Um, I think there's just a few extra tweaks required uh, for sure in, in this movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Thanks, Kat. 
Yeah, thanks, Kale. Uh, Brandy Elise Anderson says, I love the actions and fights, but my favourite part was the interaction between Natasha and Yelena. Yelena making fun of the Black Widow pose was amazing. Mm -hmm. Between that, her obsession with her vest and her classifications on fun ways to die, she was effortlessly hilarious. Yeah, definitely. The vest has lots of pockets. (laughs) I think that's a perfect way of describing it. There was an effortlessness to her comedic timing and what she was saying was really good. Uh, Brandy continues... I saw it with my own sister, who is also my roommate. My sister turns to me during the fight scene between Natasha and Yelena and says, that's how I'm coming in the house from now on. This is your only warning. Don't get caught slipping. (laughs) (laughs) So having a smart-ass younger sister of my own, I totally understand Natasha's character. (laughs) Absolutely. Very good. Very good. It'll be like um, in Pink Panther. um, Who is the... the, uh... Uh, Inspector Cluso and um, his... Cato. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ray Felix says, I was a little disappointed that the gender-bended Taskmaster, they probably did it so that they don't have to pay the creator royalties. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I think, think so. the, there's, there's certainly a theme here about Taskmaster. Uh, and, and for me, I think Taskmaster worked uh, in this movie. Yeah. Um, I think... Um, I, don't think the, I don't think the creators actually get royalties. No, I think it's way too wound up in Marvel contractual stuff that yeah. um, it, it will be owned by Marvel. Yeah, I think I think the, I've heard a lot of comic book creators kind of saying, you know, they, they obviously own their own characters that they create outside of the Marvel universe. But once you create something in Marvel, it's owned within Marvel. And Taskmaster has been written multiple times by multiple different writers. So I don't think that would be a consideration. I think they did it because the movie has a main female protagonist and the person she's going up against would be, it makes sense to have a, a female antagonist um, exactly. or a female protagonist. Exactly. Thanks, Ray. Thanks, Ray. Yeah. Uh, Sandy Resendez says, I'm not sure how I felt about this movie. I found myself not really caring about it. Maybe I'd feel differently had it come out last year. I did like Yelena a lot and loved the end credits scene. I also liked the family dynamic. Natasha falling out of the sky and being fine was just silly, in my opinion. Again, I just found myself not caring about it, and I even looked at my watch a couple of times during it. Could just be a me problem. <laughs> Thanks, Sandy. Yeah, I, I don't know uh, whether it would have been better if it came out last year or not. I do feel that the, the, as I say, it feels inessential at this stage, but on a rewatch, I think it'll work really well just after Civil War. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I think, you know, the, there's certain aspects where if this had come out earlier, I think elements of dialogue from, say, Endgame and Infinity War it just would have resonated more uh, with um, Natasha Romanoff saying it, you know, this idea of, you know, she was lost without the Avengers mm-hmm. and trying to piece back this group together to, to get a purpose. Um, and certainly if her family had been blipped, then so this, you know, I, I just feel it's a movie, like you say, it's non-essential, it's out of time it's out of step and i think luckily you can watch it within step and it probably will now add that resonance to uh, natasha in in endgame yeah. uh, a bit more yeah absolutely um thanks Natalie. uh britney airman says i was bothered by the fact that they introduced this family of hers but then in endgame they make a big deal out of her not getting family and the avengers being her only family she even had a friend in this movie that gentleman who brought her supplies i didn't catch his name i did really like yelena she was the standout of this movie for sure 
Thanks, Brittany. Yeah, I think in the in the credits of the movie, uh, Oti Fagbene's character is just called the agent. He doesn't have a name uh, in the movie. Um, in the comic books, I think he is Rick Mason, um, a former Shield agent, and that makes sense in the Marvel universe, being that Shield has fallen apart. We actually see Shield vehicles at the beginning of the of the movie. Melina calls out that the facility that they were working in was a Hydra facility, so they are connected in the background, and it would make sense for this agent character um, to be. A former shield agents, you know, having, having his connections and, and using those to make money effectively. Um, he is a friend to her in, in, in the movie. I, I do like that, you know, that, that, that he is, he has got a friendship with uh, Natasha and she does have some other connection outside. And we were thinking about this, Brittany, this idea of her not having a family and being stressed so much in Endgame. And I do wonder if this movie had come out beforehand, would you have had a scene where we see this family, Yelena and um, Alexi and Melina being blipped, maybe. Yeah, exactly. And then the character may have had even more resonance, the idea that she's lost her family in the blip and the only family she has left are the Avengers, something that you couldn't have addressed because this movie didn't come out beforehand and wasn't written before Endgame. But it might have added a little extra depth to know that she did have this grouping that she called family by the end of this movie and lost them in the blip and then her only family left as the Avengers. Maybe that would have been uh, a way to make it better in, in the movie, I suppose. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, moving forward with the 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 end credit scene, um the fact that, like you say, Yelena was so good here. Mm-hmm. Um and that that character certainly is being threaded into the future um output whether it's on tv or in the movies um i think is really good um you know i i there's this idea of whether you know if this had come out a year earlier you know that end credit scene feeding into falcon and the wind soldier but i think it works either way as well to be honest um so yeah thanks Brittany, uh for the feedback Mark Kirkman says, I loved it. So many scenes that are fortuitous within the movie at the beginning with Natasha watching Moonraker. We know where the vest comes from. The family dynamic within it was amazing. They were and are family. I loved David Harbour. I understand now why they have delayed the release due to Disney Plus content and how it influences the MCU. Mm -hmm. Great movie. I was entertained and it hit all the feels for me. Uh, I I I think so. I think it it really is a a solid good movie yeah. uh, for sure. And um, it, it it's interesting, isn't it? Because in many respects, it does feel like a self contained story because yeah. of when and how it's come out, uh, and just because it had such a long gestation period mm-hmm. for various different reasons. Um, but it, it's kind of it's very much unique in that sense, in that it. Whilst it does link to the future, the central storyline doesn't really need to. And um, there yeah. doesn't need to be uh, Drakov surviving. Um, mm-hmm. There doesn't need to be any of, of that kind of um, signposting. And yet, you know, you've still got his, his daughter. Maybe she doesn't rehabilitate in the way that we think she will. So, mm-hmm. you know, th- there's plenty that they could draw on to continue here yeah. as yeah. well. So, uh Definitely, um, as well, David Harbour, really, really good. A character, um, the Red Guardian, I just thought he brought that to life uh, for me. Yeah. I-, I loved I loved it. 
Yeah. Um, we, we were saying, you know, we're covering the Bad Batch at the moment. He's like Wrecker uh, in the Bad yes. Batch uh, yeah. to some extent. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Mark. Uh, one thing um, that just kind of popped up in my head uh, as we've been going through feedback and going through the podcast, and I'm not sure whether it came out in the movie or not. Natasha Romanoff is Black Widow, right? And everybody else in the movie is just referred to as Widows. They're just widows. They don't have a title. Like, I don't know why I was kind of expecting coming into the movie that we'd have, like, the Power Rangers. We'd have, like, a purple widow and we'd have a white widow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, as the movies kind of went on, like, I know um, Natasha puts on the white costume but doesn't change her name to White Widow. It's just because she's now an internationally renowned member of the Avengers. So I presume there's not millions of other women around the world called Black Widow, right? That, well, yeah, that's true. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. I just wonder, is it a title? Is Black Widow a title that somebody that she's attained or something like that? I don't know why. It just popped into my head as to as to why it wasn't it wasn't uh, filled out in this movie. Because we have this is a kind of an origin story and a, and a solo story. So I wondered, was there, had she attained Black Widow, the best of the best, and other widows were we're at a lower level or something but anyway it just it just popped into my head there uh, thanks thanks again mark uh, samuel cox has a feedback on the movie for us as well he says hey guys this is my instant reaction right from the movie screen to black widow so apologies if i've skimmed over a few things just collecting my overall thoughts first of all cinemas have been open here in south korea the whole time in covid times so i haven't had the cinema withdrawals too much but i have missed the marvel movie feel and it's definitely back with this entry i will do some specific thoughts on the characters individually then a quick over overall after it makes it easier for me to remember natasha first says great to finally get some backstory and really flesh out this character who's been a pillar of the mcu for 11 years now the movie also shows how ruthless natasha is and skilled killing a child well at least thinking she did Alina, Florence Pugh is by far the standout from this movie for me. What a great addition to the MCU. I'm hoping to see a lot more of her in the future. And with regards to the post credit scene, it's basically confirmed who will. Her fight scenes felt a lot more grounded compared to Natasha's. Apart from their clash, Alina felt like they had real impact. I don't know if it was just due to Scarlet not being able to do a lot of the stunts or just a creative choice. But for me, Natasha was more of a ragdoll than a fighter in this movie. Bit of a shame. Red Guardian, David Harbour brought a great balance of comedic relief and heart to this character. I'm not well versed in his arc in the comics, so I don't know the personality, but for me it worked. Also curious to find out who the Captain America he fought in the 80s was, because he definitely fought someone. Could it be another experiment like Isaiah? Maybe the Winter Soldier? Or it could just truly be a lie he now believes himself or the, of the great battle between Red Guardian and Captain America. Melina? Rachel Weisz is a great actor, but overall I wasn't the biggest fan of Melina, but I felt she has a natural way to show the scale of an evil nature of the Red Room. Taskmaster. Now this one is a big one for me. Honestly, I'm heartbroken by the treatment of this character. They showed the prowess of the character, but he, or should I say she, lacked all personality and feel of the original character. Another mishandled character in the MCU. I have no problem with the gender swap, but to completely strip the character of the things that made him fun and a genuine force in the comics, it really got to me. They best fix this with some multiverse shenanigans, or even just put someone else in the suit. Maybe we could get Tony Masters or another variation of the character, which I think they may be setting up with how it was all technology-based and not just pure skill. Again, I understand why they did it, and it fit the story well, I guess, but I just wanted to say, hashtag not my taskmaster. Overall, super happy the MCU is back in the movies, and it was great and fun to watch. As I previously stated, a few of the fight scenes took me out of it with how rubber like the CGI was. I don't know what they could have done differently, but I didn't like it. Also, Natasha being able to fall from buildings and hit everything on the way down and throw it around, only to have a few bruises... 
which was a great highlight of the movie for me, showing that she isn't indestructible, but also felt a little contradictory due to what we had just seen. It felt more like John Wick to me than the usually genuinely great and grounded action of a character without powers. However, all that being said, Black Widow is an overall good addition to the MCU without affecting the main stories. It still was able to have a nice connected feel. P.S. That end credit scene, Val is back at it. Fabulous. Seeing as this movie was supposed to come out before Falcon the Witch Soldier, do you think it would have made more sense the other way around with the introduction of our character? For me, I think this worked a treat and had me smiling. Julia Louis-Dreyfus is made for this role, knocking it out of the park. Regarding the contents of this scene, is this set up Flor- setting up Florence Pugh to be the main villain of the Hawkeye series? If not, she has to be a vital part of the story, right? Anyway, I haven't covered the Easter eggs and stuff we spotted, of which I'm sure you guys will, so I'll just wrap up by saying it's a solid entry, but nowhere near the best. I'd like to ask you guys, where do you think this ranks in MCU solo outings? Thank you, Samuel. No, thank you, Samuel. That's really good thoughts, really interesting, uh, in-depth thoughts about the movie. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think to your um, to your point around Natasha falling from the buildings and hitting everything on the way down, yeah, I mean, again, the, the, the other girl dies also i mean mm-hmm. you well she killed herself but you saw her lying on the ground severely hurt unable yeah. to move with the leg twisted yeah and what happened to natasha you definitely felt it was a broken shoulder a broken leg as she she went through um and, and fell down hitting everything i mean literally everything on on the way down yeah i think as well to the to her falling through the sky, you know, fighting Taskmaster. Again, yeah. you know, it's like you mentioned, Derek, it, it seemed a little incredulous. I actually, just to counter that, I loved the very deadpan um, piece of dialogue from Melina as she is hobbling. Uh, she's been supported by Alexia and she goes, I'm clearly injured after being asked, <laughs> are you okay? Yeah. Um, and I, I wonder whether that was a, a little bit of a dig at itself, maybe. But I love that delivery from um, from Rachel Weisz uh, on that. It really made me chuckle. And I think, um, you know, she was... She 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 felt the most detached in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think um, that's probably her character, more yeah um and but i i think ultimately i i thought she she was she was good in this um for me i'm definitely uh in complete agreement with you around david harbour and what he brought to the red guardian Mm -hmm. and uh yelena i thought it was really good i think on taskmaster i think that's it it's you know um i i don't know the character and so this idea of um you know the 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 nuance of his character that maybe has been brought out in the the comics uh, with Tony Masters and that it's pure skill rather than technology. Mm. I mean, I think the MCU anyway, you know, up until the introduction of Doctor Strange and Magic, and I guess maybe were certainly a big portion of the the MCU is going mm-hmm. now was very tech based, and um, so it makes that. sense that this would be tech based um, for me. I haven't really thought about where this ranks in in the MCU solo outings, uh, to be honest. I think it's more in the timeline of the MCU uh, and where it should be placed, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and I think it is much closer to um, the Winter Soldier Civil War arc. Yeah. Um, it should have almost followed 
um, Civil War, to be honest, um, which was awesome. And I think, you know, with Zemo's reasons in Civil War, which were really powerful, and then this coming out, which is effectively, um, you know, th- this is, this is a really kind of, big movie because the big characters are women and i think that includes taskmaster and uh i i think it would have been placed there in terms of where it ranks i'm really um i I just i just haven't thought about it but let me just say it certainly ranks above iron man 2 yeah, her first introduction was not a great introduction to the character. She was uh, not well treated uh, on screen there. Um, I, I think each of us have our, our different favorite solo characters in the, in the Marvel Universe. Chris is a massive Spider-Man fan. John, as everybody knows, is a Doctor Strange fan. And I come at it as a Nick Fury and, and Captain America fan, much more a fan of those, uh, the spy movies and those, and, and what they've done, uh, in the MCU with, uh, with those characters. So for me, it's quite high. I would say, you know, of the solo movies, I'd say definitely, you know, top five, top six uh, of those movies. I think, I think they did a really good job. And I think it's added so much to the character of Natasha that I just wish we'd had it before the character is, uh, is gone in, in Endgame. Um, yeah. I've liked her. She's been a fun character with her own storyline going on in those big movies, but having this, uh, expand her out to be really likable and enjoyable on screen and then knowing that we're not going to get um natasha romanoff back in the future is is unfortunate but uh, yeah. but yeah overall i think it, it's it's very high up there for me thanks so much samuel yeah thanks so much samuel alex baelish um said wow that was such a high impact action movie they really did not hold back any money on effects mm-hmm. every fighter action scene was better than the next Yelena stole the show in my eyes. I love how she gives Natasha crap about posing. Once again, Disney Marvel has tied in every show and made them so relevant. I loved the post-credit scene. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I think actually, I think the post-credit scene uh, is what links it in ultimately, yeah. uh, as well as every sort of that shows remembrance of what happens to natasha from um winter soldier civil war through to Endgame, mm-hmm. and i i think it's almost this unconscious fitting elements in and i think that you know i think that's what's really good about this this movie um and at the same time i think someone can look at it purely as a standalone as well very much in this you know the same vein as some of the other mcu movies yeah. um i guess right. uh so this, I, I think, um, you know, I think it certainly had the the action sensibilities. I mean, a bit like as Ray mentioned previously, mm-hmm. it was full on for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely got that as well. So, um, but I, I did really, really like it. Absolutely, what an exciting way to get back to the MCU. Thanks so much, Alex. We have a piece of voicemail feedback in from Steve Brand with his thoughts about Black Widow. Hey guys, it's Steve, and I just walked out of Black Widow, and wow, I don't know if it's just because it's the first movie I've seen, you know, since the pandemic, but I loved it. I, I loved the mix of humor and and drama and the actress who played uh, Scarlett Joe's uh, sister was, was outstanding. All of it. I loved Rachel Weisz, uh, David Harbour with his dad bod, but moving like a super soldier was was really incredible. 
and uh, I don't want to give anything away. There is an end credit scene, and uh, it's, it's it's really good. Um, it's setting up probably for something, I'm sure. Anyway, um, yeah, I loved it. I can't wait to hear you guys talk about it. I hope I get this in before you record. Uh, if not, uh, no worries. Talk to you later. Thanks so much, Steve. I could tell the excitement sitting in the car park after watching a movie in the cinema as well. Uh, I felt exactly the same coming out of the cinema. Really enjoyed that experience again because we've just missed it for a long time yeah absolutely glad things are getting a bit safer for us to be able to get back into cinemas yeah and i i think that hits the nail on the head as well steve what you said it is david harbour's dad bod as a superhero (laughs) um as i say to me him squeezing into uh, the red guardian outfit was sheer class absolutely loved it um i think uh you know we need to see more of these chiseled abs uh, and frames that have been so prevalent in the mcu sort of really sort of uh they they need to exhale and relax and see them in uh, a a more uh sort of dad bod state um the, the the trials and tribulations of trying to squeeze into that um, that that outfit before they go off on a mission. I mean, almost like old Captain America that, you know, he would actually need someone to help him put mm-hmm. on his suit again before he did yeah. one last mission. Yes, but don't take away my Marvel abs, John. I'd like both in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That is universe. true. Give me some dad bods, give me some Marvel abs as well. Definitely. <laughs> thanks so much, Steve. Thanks, Steve, and thanks everybody else for your feedback on Black Widow, the first MCU movie we've covered in two years, Yeah, uh, which is incre- incredible to think. Um, and we've got so much more MCU movies to come this year. We've got The Eternals, we've got Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, we've got um, Spider-Man uh, coming up at Christmas as well, the fourth Spider-Man movie. Um, lots and lots of stuff. And don't forget, over on the TV side, which we are covering, we're finishing up uh, Loki next week, the sixth episode and finale of Loki uh, coming up next week. Following that, we've got what if which looks fascinating the uh yeah the animated stories of of uh alternate versions of things that happened in the mcu that's gonna be a lot of fun starting out with captain carter agent carter taking yeah. on the mat- mantle of captain america that's exactly cool. and of course we have the potential to be see- seeing yelena um back on our small screens mm-hmm. in the hawkeye tv series exactly. as well later this year so yeah. it is jam-packed yes filled with mcu content for the defenders podcast on tv podcast industry and one more that you almost forgot oh. there earlier this year we were introduced to one of the marvels we got um monica rambeau uh in, ah, in yes. uh, one division we're gonna see miss marvel coming up in her own tv show uh introduction of miss marvel to the mcu and they will join together in the future in Another future MCU movie, Marvels, where they join up with Captain Marvel. So, uh, so lots and lots of connected universe stuff going on in the MCU. And we've also got loads of other shows that we'll be covering. We're still covering, uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch uh, on episode 11. So another five weeks of that show as well. So, uh, which has been great fun. So lots and lots of stuff coming up on TV Podcast Industries. We hope you enjoyed our coverage of Black Widow. We'd love if you'd stay with us for our future coverage of the TV shows and of all the other movies that we'll be covering. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast at tvpodcastindustries.com or just search TV Podcast Industries on any black or white widow supporting podcast. Yes, exactly. There you go. Yes, and of course, once you've subscribed, please share the podcast because sharing the podcast is sharing the love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can also support us in many other ways as well. We're over on patreon.com forward slash TV podcast industries. And we're also on buy 
meacoffee.com forward slash TVPI. Any support is really, really appreciated. We're very grateful here, the three defenders Mm -hmm. on TV Podcast Industries. Uh, So uh, thanks so much, fellow defenders, for your support. Absolutely. Thank you so, so much. We'll be back later this week on TVPI with the finale of Loki and to discuss Mm. Star Wars The Bad Batch Episode 12. Yeah, thanks so much, fellow Defenders, for joining us. It is great to be discussing uh, MCU movies uh, with you again. Uh, Remember, we'll be back soon, but keep watching, keep listening, and keep defending. Absolutely. I have to say, to close this out, Black Widow's family is much better than the family in Fast 9, aren't they? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So many memes about that family. Family. I wonder will they combine those two in the future. That would be Uh, awesome. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. It's a minor quibble for me, but I, 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 as I say, I just felt it maybe just needed to be dialed up. Mm. You know, if you're going to do Judy Garland, then do Julie Garland and make it big, I, I guess. Could you just give me that one more time? Because I said Judy Garland uh, and then Julie. If you're going to be uh, Judy Garland, be Julie Garland. <laughs> <laughs> I think they did a really good job and I think it's added so much to the character of Scarlet Witch, who sometimes... Who the fuck is Scarlet Witch?